We are now just a little under a week until we record our end of the year, game of the year podcast, which means that's about all the time you've got left to get us your top three lists of the year. Remember, all you need to do is assemble a list of three games, doesn't matter if they were released this year or not. Write yourself a little bit about each one, and then slap all that into an email and send it to podcast at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. And if you want to read your list yourself, if you want to talk about your games yourself, or you want to sing a little song, do the same thing. Pick three games, doesn't matter when they were released, say a little bit about each one, drop that in an email in mp3 format and send it off to podcast at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. The deadline is noon on December 13th, so get your lists together and ready and send them to podcast at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. John Thayer's Golden. Welcome, everybody, to our last regularly scheduled podcast of 2020 before we dive headfirst into Game of the Year. This is SoxCast episode 128, brought to you as always by Moon Pies. Moon Pies. It's like a chocolate bagel. How's everybody doing? The final, the final regularly scheduled live show of the year. It's good yeah, because we'll all be dead show next time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, uh, it, it is our final live show before we head into our end of the year festivities, which we're gonna start. We're, we're gonna be recording uh, next Sunday. Y'all, y'all won't get to hear those until probably the twenty uh, second through the twenty fifth. I think is when we're gonna be mm. rolling those out. But that means there's still time for our dear listeners to get us their top three games of two thousand twenty, and they can do so. By getting a big old list of their games. Three of them. Three video games that you played in 2020. We don't care if they were released this year. Who cares? Years. What, what is time anymore? Really? <laughs> what is 2020? <laughs> what is 2020? <laughs> Who cares? If you played it this year, it can be in your top three list. And then, write yourself a little bit about each one. Write yourself a little bit about each one. A couple sentences will probably do you mm -hmm. fine, but no, nobody, nobody cares about that rule. Nobody cares. They're doing pretty good so far. <laughs> They're doing pretty good? All right. So we got no. lists coming in. Yeah, we have six so far. We got and... six lists. And they're coming into... What's the email address they're coming into, Rhett? Uh, podcast at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. All right. So slap all your stuff together. Slap that in an email. Podcast at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. And, hey, a couple, couple of you people out there did it last year, and I'm leaving the option on the table again this year. If you want to send us... An audio version of your list. Just make us an MP3. Follow the same rules. Three games. Say whatever you want to do about each of those games. Uh, put it in an email to podcast at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. And I, I think I mumble-mouthed my own domain name. It was good. Fantastic. That's how we're, that's how 2020 <laughs> be. Podcast at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. Same as always. There we go. It's all good. 
all good. We'll fix it in post. We, we do have one. We, M- MP- we do have one MP3 version. Yeah, it, I was shocked at who it was from as well. Interesting. It's iffy. Keep that one a mystery. It's not. It's not. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. We will be recording the uh, episodes next weekend, so we need your final lists by noon on the 13th. Noon on the 13th, everybody. You ain't got much more time to slack around. That's when we need them. Send us your lists. So send us your lists. Just open up a client right now and do it. Yeah. It's nice. It's fun to read read lists. It's so easy to do. It's It's fun to have your lists read. Yes, exactly. Imagine us. Us beautiful idiots <laughs> reading your fantastic words about the very good video games that you played this year. If you can put yourself in that headspace and imagine it, but you don't have to imagine it. It can be your reality. So three games. Doesn't matter if they were released this year. Write a little bit about each one. Send that off the podcast. That sucks. Make people sexy. net, And we'll get you on the show. It'll be great. It'll be Ooh. great. To my immediate virtual right, just because tomorrow's spring break doesn't mean he gets to horse around. My spring break just ended, unfortunately. Yeah. Didn't even get the reference. Aww. Didn't even get the reference to your own work, did you? Wait, spring break? Yeah. I just truly, sorry. Yeah, that was that was a reference to your own work. It was a reference. It was a reference. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. How you doing, Rhett? Doing okay. Doing it's fucking. Okay. It snowed and then rained and then snowed and then rained and froze over. Had a bit of a mess in the driveway That's, this morning. That is all it's been for the last, I want to say, entire week. Uh, it looks like we're getting sun this week, though, thankfully. It's not going to get too warm, but at least it's going to mm-hmm. get like 50s at some point, I think. Nice. So that'll be okay. But yeah, it's, it's winter. I hate winter. Yay, winter. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, and, and I got no reason to complain. I know Rhett's got it way worse. Like, he's going to be shoveling. Sh- he's going to be shoveling that shit until, like, March. It's going to be <laughs> yeah. miserable. Like, I... Aww. He has all the sympathy that I have. He gets all the sympathy. So, yeah. Yeah. You're ready for a podcast, though. It's been three weeks. Surely you've built up a whole I've... bunch. And you've got... You're ready to just spout off at any given I... provocation. It, it's been three weeks, and I just took a week off work, so... I got a lot of stuff to this, blast through. This boy could just host. This boy, if if me and John were dead, this boy could come in and host this show by himself, and it'd still fill three hours. That's how much stuff he's got to talk. God, about. fantastic! Right, good, good. We will get you. We will get to you in a moment, Brett. We will get you in a moment. To my immediate yeah. virtual left, no matter what you order, motherfucker, he's what you're stuck with. It's John Thayer. Hi, hey, that's me. That is you. That is you. Hmm. Doing good, sounds like. I don't have anything to add. I'm doing good. You don't have anything to <laughs> add, and, you, him, and you definitely don't have COVID. <laughs> that cough. Don't worry. Don't worry, no, people. Just... The cough is not COVID. It's fine. We promise. It's just a cold. It's just a cold. It's We're just fine. a cold. You're not. Just, just be safe. But it's you're fine. not going to die just listening to our podcast. I promise. I promise. Absolutely not. You'll die of laughter. (laughs) The laughs are nonstop. (laughs) And I keep imagining this cheesy ass ABC TGIF advertisements. The laughs are nonstop with the Winslows on Family Matter. (laughs) 
I imagine us being that wholesome. Yeah. That's, that was that's, a very on-point voice. That was powerful. Yeah, you know. It's, hey, we've had three weeks away, and I've had a lot of time to myself. That's what I've been working on for the most part, <laughs> is perfecting my TGIF advertisement voice. Um, that's more of a South that's Park. Weird. That's weird. That's exactly what I was doing. I'm not ready. For, wow. I'm not ready to. You're not ready to unveil it yet? It was kind of, it had a little bit of no, that South Park twang to it. Yeah. Yeah. It did, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right wholesome all weekend he informs us exactly of course yes tom very wholesome synonymous with with the word wholesome is that jet storm four i do believe Rhett. it's true hello hey <clears throat> get us started you are you are the man of the hour oh, literally boy. literally <laughs> because i will try to not take an hour <laughs> You said you've uh, you've been busy. You had yourself a week alone to your thoughts. How much of that was spent with de- dead or alive? Zero. Wow. Shocked. Haven't played VR in a while. Wow. Guess it was just a fad. I I thought about it today. To be honest, I didn't though. Wait, you thought about dead or alive or VR? Dead or alive. Specifically. Okay. <laughs> dead or alive. I'm like. Thinking like, yeah, it's been a while. You know, we could go back to the old horse here. <laughs> oh no, it's de- it's definitely more fun when it's been you know a month or so. Yeah, like like official like... needs a break. Oh God! <laughs> wow, right? You went a whole month between wait waiting. That that build up's gonna be really that explosion's gonna be really big. So what you been doing, right? Playing a whole yeah. lot of video games and watching a whole lot of anime. That's a, you know, if you're going to spend... Like, that is the ideal way to spend a week off in 2020, I think. That's the ideal way to spend a week off for me anytime. Anytime. Honestly. Like, Red does not need a pandemic <laughs> for this to be the ideal way to spend time off. I'm just living my true self no matter... Regardless of the outdoor situation. Yeah, it's you know you know you gotta Excellent. live your bliss. live your bliss regardless of, of what's going on. <laughs> All right, Rhett, break it down okay. for us. What have no, you been uh, into? What have you gotten off. into? Okay, first off, started a little bit of Dead Cells. Mm. I I like that game. It has very good game feel. Oh yeah. I don't think it's great as a rogue like. That's. Mm. That's kind of where I, I I started running up against it. I think yeah. that when I played it, at least, um, mm-hmm. melee builds just did not feel viable at all. Like, so is that like after the first boss? Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, oh, Polly said by the second area, melee is bad, and then I was like, oh, these three areas are kind of all stage one. Mm-hmm. And then you hit that first boss, and he's... I don't like the bosses either. They're the bosses too are, chaotic. They're cha- like they're Mega Man spammy in a way that is... Yeah. Like, it. it's more spammy. Like, Mega Man bosses yeah. are typically spammy, and they just kind of do shit, and it works. Yeah, especially those early games. Especially mm-hmm. those early games. But this, this... The bosses in this game in particular drive me nuts, because I don't feel that there's much method yeah. to the madness. I would rather there be... Mm-hmm. more bosses that are a little more restrained mm-hmm. than just... Ha- it's always the one boss. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have randomized bosses like Isaac or something. Yeah. It just has this one boss that jumps around and then, like, 
oh, now he's got a shield that does damage to you, and he jumps right into you. Yeah. You're like, okay. Yeah, so, like, once you get after that first boss, though, the difficulty really does take a kind of big jump up and stops being very fun, yeah, to it, be honest. Like, the ramp is immediate. Like, when, once you yeah. hit that first boss, it's like, okay, you barely survived, you get to the next area, and it's just, Jesus, mm-hmm. this is a little yeah. absurd. I did have, so a couple runs in, I had a really good build that was just working for me where I had like the ice magic and then like a big hammer mm-hmm. that, that was like, does a crit if you charge it up. So I just ran up to every enemy, freeze them, <laughs> hold, crit, charge up, bam, one one shot every nice. time. I uh, I got to the final boss. Yeah. So I got past another bad <laughs> spammy boss in the clock tower and then I just kept going and I got to the final boss and then he completely wrecked my shit obviously <laughs> and then in the runs after that I was never actually able to even get back to the second boss again oh no <laughs> but it was like you know how in uh, what's the rogue legacy you have that t- that castle you build up yeah like it's very much like what the quarter feeding one more run get some more gold buy mm-hmm. an upgrade this is kind of that except you're unlocking items for your runs like you have to unlock like literally everything yeah every single possible item that can drop so i just think that's not very fun to me no just like adding Versus... things to the pool that you might get to play with yeah um or just... or you don't know the the intrinsic value of mm-hmm. just feels kind of unsatisfying yeah. just having to do every single item one at a time whereas in like binding of isaac you like you unlock stuff faster than that, and then you don't have to like because in this you you'll get an unlock or a blueprint will drop, and then you have to pay cells to actually unlock it properly. Yeah. So it's like two steps, and it's just like doesn't feel good. I think the starting pool of items is way too small. Because mm-hmm. you just because I early on like I kept seeing that one ice magic and that one hammer over and over because there were only like four things in the pool. It yeah. felt like, and especially mm-hmm. like the traps where it's like, oh, here's the buzz saw. Mm-hmm. And here's the here's another buzz saw. <laughs> hey hey, and like the fact that the game gives you so many you items, like buzz saws? So many, yeah, there's so many ways where it's like you'll open a chest, it's like oh it's a buzz saw, and then you'll g- go to the vendor and he has three items out. One of them's oh it's a buzz saw. It's a buzz saw. <laughs> With like the other two are also buzz saws. <laughs> also, the merchant is a buzz saw. Yeah, <laughs> but just like. Again, and then you the... look, then you move your hands away from the controller and let go of them, and your hands have all your hands are so sauce. <laughs> you can never love again. There definitely was a time though where like both my sub weapons were the same thing, probably the buzz saw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like you guys feel like there's a little more variety needed here. Like even when you have like oh this one freezes an enemy on impact or this one burns an enemy, like it all the you know, all the devokes kind of feel similar. Yeah, because everything is just pointing towards kill enemy as fast as you can. Because mm. I think everything is really mm-hmm. just, you just want to kill the enemy before they can do anything. Yeah, because the enemies are, for the most part, set to be, to have the most annoying patterns imaginable. Yeah. Ah. And then a lot of the perks are, like, built around parrying, and yeah. I have no interest in doing that way. I don't even know how to parry. I don't remember how oh, to parry. Oh, there's parrying? Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, no. yeah. You got him now. You got him. I mean, there's a shield or something. I, I... I don't know if you're... Yeah. I literally played all of Dark Souls and Demon Souls without parrying at all. And then I got through... Um, and then I played Luca, and I was like, oh. 
figure this out. Ooh. And then I played Ease 8 and Breath of the Wild and just kind of broke them by being really good at parrying. Oh. It's fun. To be fair, Ease 8's uh, window for parrying and flash moves and flash Are wide. They're real big. It's like Dust oh, and Elysian Tail times four wide. Okay, John, <laughs> if you want parrying, let me tell you about a game called Sekiro. Oh, baby. Mm, There's so some, much parrying. Some tight windows in that one. <laughs> Also, a game called Bloodborne, which I have. Oh, yeah. no, Sekiro is way... Sekiro big. is, like, the entire way to, yeah. to, to actually mm. win. You have to win by parrying. Yeah, it's way gotcha. more in that one. Whereas, like, in Dark Souls, you know, the final boss fight, you can kind of cheese it by parrying, but you can win normally. Sekiro is like, if you can't parry, you're just not getting past, like, the first boss. Yeah. <laughs> like, the rhythm in that game is not attack, attack, attack. It's literally figure out, like, the rhythm of the boss's attacks, and, like, parry, 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 yeah. and then attack. Like, it's literally parry the game. So, yeah, I kind of run against a wall in Dead Cells and was like, okay, I'm going to move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I played Sunset Overdrive. This was so weird. Oh, like, tell us about this. This is not one this that one really, I... Yeah. This one caught me off guard because I, I, I was like, Huh? Because literally nobody I know has played this, and all of the yeah. reactions that I've seen to it have been pretty fucking middling. It's it's weird. Like I definitely see the cracks in this game, mm-hmm. but everything mm-hmm. about it still kind of completely worked for me. Because mm-hmm. someone on Twitter was like, "Hey, this is one of my fa- favorite games ever," and it's four ninety nine on Steam, and I'm just like, "Fuck it, that's a good price." That's for, a good you know, endorsement for a favorite game ever. I'll pro- like if somebody yeah. says that something is their favorite game and it's $5, I'll probably yeah. give it a fair chance. For, you know, former $60 mm-hmm. game. Also, apparently this game had like a season pass and this is included in the Steam oh, version. Oh, wow. So like it's the most game you can get for like, for 5. But man, have you have you has anybody ever stopped to think how AAA games are garbage? <laughs> With this Aww. kind of season pass <laughs> bullshit. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, Doom Eternal is not... Like, Doom Eternal's Steam page is nonsense. Yeah, I was showing Polly the Doom Eternal one where it's, like, literally the season pass on the Steam sale, like, the Christmas... Or the Thanksgiving one. Mm -hmm. The season pass was $30. No discount. The game and season pass was $30. (laughs) So if you hadn't purchased the game yet, it was basically free with season pass. It was even like 30 cents less to have not bought the game already. It's so stupid. That's happened to me though where I like I bought Skyrim for like 750 which seemed like a good deal but then the expansions were like $15, $15 and, ne- yeah. and never went on sale. Yep. And it's just like, "Oh, oh, I see what you guys did." <laughs> you fucking asshats. That's it's so common like especially on the consoles like DLC just will not go on sale no. or season and so yeah, you gotta wait for complete editions and crap. So what's Sunset Overdrive, Rhett? Sunset Overdrive feels like the Saints Row game that did not actually come out this generation. Oh man, oh man, that just stirred something inside just... of me right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like it has. I'm trying to think about how to word this one. It has a style and a mood to it. Mm-hmm. 
And it's a little exhausting because it is is that mood the entire time, 100%. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, it's this punk rock aesthetic and like the music all fits in that. There's, you know, there's no cars in this game or no no radio or anything. So it's just always playing the same couple of songs and like increasing the intensity and the volume as you, you know, combo and stuff. But like the humor and the writing and like the overall vibe of the game, it really did kind of remind me of Saints Row 4-ish. Because, you know, Saints Row 3 is a little vulgar. Mm. Saints Row 4 was much more kind of irreverent and, like, patting itself on the back. This game is also the same kind of... Like, there's... It doesn't break the fourth wall a lot, but when it does, it's pretty funny. Mm. Like, your character at one point will just say, Oh, that's really far away. Good thing there's fast travel in this. (laughs) And, like, it's cheesy, but it doesn't do it enough that it's annoying. Right, right. Because if it did it constantly... Like, it would be really annoying. Yeah, like, I feel like, like Saints Row 4 was a little too self-aware in that department. Yeah. yeah. Like, this game acknowledges a video game, but not constantly, but it does acknowledge that it's all very silly and dumb. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, so this is, uh, it's an open-world game by Insomniac, who did Ratchet and & Clank and Spider-Man afterwards. Mm-hmm. And the guns in this also feel, <laughs> like, straight out of Ratchet, basically. Yeah. Guns and Ratchet feel incredible if you didn't yeah. know. Like, one of the first guns in this is, like, it shoots out records, literal, like, you know, <laughs> play, play music on them records that bounce between enemies. And I'm just like, boy. That's literally a, a Ratchet gun. Yeah, this really feels like the buzzsaws in Ratchet, huh? Mm-hmm. As oh my like god, you first... can't escape the buzzsaws, Rhett. <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> Continue. So, I will say this game's not perfect, though. The one big problem is that, like, the upgrade or buying new guns, really expensive for some damn reason. Mm. And, like, the upgrading, Mm. and, like, because as, like, in Ratchet, when you use guns, they get stronger over time. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit slower than I would have liked, though. For someone who's just, you know, mainlining the main story. Like, yeah. Because I'm not going to fucking do boring open world stuff. I did a tiny bit, and it was just like, here's a. Here's some hoops to jump through. Oh, boy. And a couple side missions that were, like, pretty, a little pedantic. What I did realize about the side missions towards the end of the game, though, is that all you actually have to do is just talk to somebody to turn them on, and they'll just be in the world afterwards. Like, you don't have to go to a menu and be like, oh, I want to do this mission now. Oh. Like, they'll just just be there in the world active anytime after that, which, hey, maybe if I had stumbled on them, I would have done them at that point. Maybe that's something that they should have made a little, a little more up well, front yeah maybe uh so the real aspect of this game that really so really uh impressed me is the movement because almost everything is a grind point oh that was like, kind of like the big mm, thing about this game is that like getting around it with like just getting around yeah. in style and like making your combat stylish at all yeah. times was kind of the big selling point yeah, like literally this game, again, one of the self-aware things, they make a the floor is lava joke at one point <laughs> because this is a game where you can get, get around the entire city jumping around on like, you know, electrical wires or rooftops, grinding the entire time and never actually touching the ground. Yeah. And it just feels really good. And it feels like nothing I've ever played before where in combat scenarios, you're just literally constantly grinding like and then a lot of stuff was has real big uh, bounce pads and stuff, basically. Like, if there's a car, when you jump on it, you'll just go, like, 20 feet into the air. <laughs> Everything 
that could remotely <laughs> is bouncy. Like, oh, there's an umbrella over there. Boing. Boing. There's, uh, there's a tire. <laughs> the Boing. Like, it sounds like they did every, like, the idea was to make everything as fun as possible. Yeah, definitely. Like, if it's not actively contributing to keeping the player in kinetic motion, then it's, yeah. it's not good. So make it bouncy. Yeah, so everything, virtually everything is either a bounce or a grind. Fantastic. <laughs> and, and it just feels very different when you're able to, like, style and, like, be moving. Not like a Tony Hawk game, but it is definitely more kinetic and, like, keeping that flow going mm -hmm. while also doing third-person <clears throat> shooter stuff at the same time. It's very interesting. Like, I haven't really quite played anything like, like it. Like, it sounds like that would be a nightmare to try and control. That's something that always struck me about the yeah. game. Like, I love the idea, but trying to, like, manage grinding and doing tricks while also having to engage mm -hmm. with a third-person shooter sounds absolutely nuts. I don't know how that would work. Uh, the auto-aim on your guns... Mm -hmm. Is very strong. Okay. Like the, okay. Good. Basically, lock on, and it'll have like a little red icon on an enemy if it's gonna hit shoot them. And as well, like if you left trigger, time slows down a little bit. Oh, okay. Like the okay. Like the grinding is not super fast. So you're not like flying around 100 miles per hour. Like there's a boost button if you really if you do want to go fast, but you can also slow down time a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like it is much more manageable than it could seem like okay. on paper. Okay. That's. But cool. at times, like. When you get your flow broken or like when like there's basically like the tank from uh, Left 4 Dead is basically in this game. Mm -hmm. When he hits you and you, you know, you fall off the rail and things can get pretty chaotic real quick when you're trying to regain. Get like, your momentum your back. Yeah. So yeah, it's just a really fun game and I had a lot of fun with it. And then I beat it. And so I'd seen prior to beating it like, oh, there's a thing over here. It's like another mission. And it, when you log, when you, uh activate it goes this has spoilers for the end of the game because it's you know it's a post game thing and i'm like okay cool uh oh god there's one there's one joke in this that has not aged mm -hmm. oh. you beat you beat the game and the credits start playing and your character walks out in front of them and goes that's the ending what the hell neo gaff is gonna have a field day oh. and i'm like oh no <laughs> that aged like milk yeah <clears throat> It's definitely a game of, like... I mean, this came out in, like, 2014, 2015, yeah. I think. Like, it was an Xbox One launch game, I think. Yeah, I think it was. But Which that is weird one since it's Insomniac. <laughs> uh, yeah, they've since been purchased by Sony. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were not... They were. That's still in, very funny. The, like, they worked with Sony a lot. Like, obviously, the Ratchet and Clank games. But, like, they were never actually officially owned by them until pretty I recently. think them doing Sunset Overdrive and only doing it on, on, on Xbox was their bid to get bought, I think. Kind of. Or, you know, hey, money talks. I mean, Microsoft made an offer. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I beat the game, did the DLC mission, and then I... Oh, so, another thing... Sorry, I'm all over the place... The one real cool thing about this is that all the bosses are like part of the open world. Ooh. So it really plays oh. up to that movement thing of oh, like because because the movement is so fun and the bosses are all part of that. Like that's the thing about open world games a lot of the time is that open world games at their worst are just a hub. They're just to a get hub to. with a checklist. Yeah. So, like, when the final boss is this huge thing jumping around the city itself and you're chasing after it, that's, that's good use of open yes. world. So the fact that's that, like, dope. 
Yeah. And then, like, it lands in certain places. Now you have to grind up the final boss to get the hit on it. And, like, again, there's a lot <laughs> There's a lot of, like, chasing set pieces. Like, there's one on a train track and stuff. And, like, mm-hmm. stuff like that that always uses the open world in, like, fun and clever ways, I think. So I beat the game, then I did the DLC one, and then, of course, the boss of that was also in the op- the uh, open world. And then there's another expansion pack mission. <laughs> like a whole, like, two hours of story oh, stuff. Nice. And it's just like, geez, this game just, this just kind of keeps going, huh? huh? And I will say that one was a little annoying because they kind of tuned the difficulty too high. Mm. Like, it's based on enemies that mm. only really appear towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like double strength versions of those in that area oh. where it's just like oh because the whole game is like fighting zombies and like as long as you stay in the air the zombies can't really do shit to you yeah, on the you're, ground you're good you're good <laughs> whereas the whole the whole dlc is about the corporate robots that are able to shoot back at you and do a very good job of doing oh. so so you really really have to keep Oops. moving and so it gets a little a little hard a little annoying but there's one part where i'm like what and each of your gun says have like does more or less damage to certain enemy types so it's like i should probably should probably make sure to use all the anti-robot ones here yeah (laughs) which helped a little bit but then basically what what i do want to say though is that the final boss of that expansion was so fucking good i was like oh my god this is like true final boss of a jrpg moment where it's like it has supplanted it has supplanted the original final boss in my mind is like the climax of that game like it's so dumb, but it's so funny. <laughs> and like the theme of that game is mostly on point where the story is that a soft drink turned everyone to the zombies. Yep. Which is really goofy, but then it's like, oh yeah, the company knew it was gonna happen. Yeah. Like, it really does have this whole anti capitalism, anti corporation bent to it. Yeah, it's like because like the the this is this is a system that's been selling us out for years. So yeah, it, it, yeah like this is speaking truth to power. Yeah. So of course, and like the soft drink company is the ones behind quarantine the city itself. And then they're going to like kill everybody inside with these robots. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a goofy soft drink thing, but then it turns into like a realistic dystopia. <laughs> <laughs> there's, and then there's like literal walls that say invisible wall on them. Mm-hmm. Like when you, when you get close, <laughs> Like the edge of the game world, when you get close to it, like a wall, uh, like a neon field will pop up and it just says invisible, invisible wall. wall. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So the last thing was that for my player character, which I didn't know this game had, you know, a character creator. Mm-hmm. I just made Polly and <laughs> she just fit with the whole <laughs> so well. I was shocked. I don't actually have to make the next poly game anymore. Yeah. It just it was just this accidental thing because it basically gave you an option for a hair carrot. Mm-hmm. So it was like because I picked red hair and then it was like, Do you want to have a second color? And I'm like, Oh, if I do yellow, this really looks like a pretty good Sayara poly up in here. Yeah. Guess I'll do that instead. The whole <laughs> just, attitude of the game seems to just fit yeah. perfectly. And as it well. just totally fucking worked. I love that kill everything in the yeah, she's trying to cheer somebody up, but she's like, "Well, when I'm sad, I kill, kill everything." everything. <laughs> God, like the, the 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 poppy kind of punk style this game has, though it's immediately yeah. eye catching. Like this is yeah. something I might want to check out. I think I 
uh, there was one thing towards the start, like the tutorial is a little rough. Right. I, I, like the first couple hours, I was not sold on it. There was just a point though where it started to like, okay, I I get this. Get where we're going like, now. I, yeah, I think I had to do one of the like the second mission like three times because first was a bug, and then oh, second no. time something. At second time, I think I. It's like it takes away your control to show you something in the menu, mm -hmm. but if you hit space too quickly or hit start button or whatever too quickly you'll accidentally cancel out of it and then it just locks up at a point later on oops because it's like press you know go into the menu and equip this perk and oh. then i did it but like if you skip the thing it hasn't unlocked the ability to equip a perk yet like dumb shit it's like there's a there's a there's a moment in the pc version uh, of plague of shadows where if you buy an upgrade at a certain point you actually soft lock the game and they never fixed oh. it they never fixed it oh Oh no! They never fixed that, but they fixed like a bunch of out of bounds skips and shit. But they never fixed the soft lock. Weird. Uh... Mm. Which is funny when you consider how many times they've had to update that fucking game. Is that yeah, yeah, kind of weird. <laughs> That's uh... fucking wild. I didn't know about that until this week because a friend of mine. Uh, oh really? He, he speed runs it. And he was he was telling me about how one of the yacht club guys used to me, used to frequent his stream when the game came out because he was the only person speedrunning it at the time, and he showed them this glitch many times, and they just patched everything except that. He's just watching the streams to see the skips so you could fix them. Yeah, that's kind of what it was. <laughs> God. Well, I have one more game I want to hit real yeah, quickly. Hit Let's go. Uh, I played The sure. Missing, J.J. Macfield oh, in the Island of Memories. Yeah. Okay, okay. Let's go. Let's dive in. Yeah, let's, let's go. Hear it. Let's see what Sweary's been up to. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think he played Limbo. Yeah. <laughs> I get that from it. So, the real short version of this is that 80% of that game is Limbo. Mm -hmm. And it's a little more annoying than I think it should be. And it's a little... It's more mechanically engaging because there is more to it going on than just Limbo's, like, push-pull, button-push stuff. Yeah. Mm. And it's, so, like, the areas are a little more challenging, a little more puzzly, frustrating. Mm -hmm. Like, got to think about... There's one uh, There's one involving, like, standees that even when I saw the answer, I was like, eh, what the fuck? This is kind of strange. Like, the standees in, like, the bowling alley. Oh, God, that one. Yeah, there's at least one more yeah, you that's, need to look up a guide. And I was that's like, the one I had uh, to look up. So I had to look up that one. Plus, there's there's like three standees that have nothing to do with it, just in the same area. And it, so it makes you think you have to bring them over. And that's like not the answer mm. at all. So there's one puzzle that's kind of a miss. So I was like, this game's okay. Don't know quite what people saw in it. So that's the first 80%. And then the last 20% just <laughs> fucking nails it. And I cried a whole bunch. <laughs> so I think that game's all right. Yeah, that's a general consensus. Yeah, I, I like to it. hear about it. It's, 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 it, yeah. it doesn't sound like a game for me. It sounds like the puzzle stuff would just yeah. probably annoy me. But it sounds like it's coming from yeah. a pretty good place. And I know that Sweary yeah. had... At least with this game, Sweary had people uh, you know, in his ear letting him know, hey... Mm. Hey, this is a sensitive topic. Maybe yeah. you should be careful. Whereas with Deadly Premonition 2, it's just 
You know oh, what? I made my decision. Was... Oh no! I forgot that this was the same guy. Yeah, I it's thinking... yeah. Swery sixty five. Oh fuck! He's weird. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Because yeah, I was like, kind of on edge of my seat, like ready to be really mad at this game. When's it gonna? At... When's the shoe gonna drop? Because <laughs> there's a point where you think it kind of has a fake out ending that's going to be really bad. And I was like, Ooh, Ooh, this better not be how it ends. Huh? Oh, and then oh. it's not obviously. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, that's so fortunate about fucking deadly premonition too, though. Yeah. Cause I know the stuff he mm-hmm. said about that one was very, uh, it was like the fact bad. that he had a moment where he was like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to go look at this. I-, I probably needed to talk to people about it. And then literally a day later was like, Nope, fuck it. I'm right. We're not changing anything. Uh, fuck off. Like, oh, wow, that's real shitty, my dude. Yeah, that's rough. Oof. I don't know whether it's a matter Oof. of he wanted to go change it, but the studio was like, dude, you ain't sold like 500 copies of this. We're not <laughs> giving you the money to fix shit. It costs $40,000 to patch. I don't know if Switch pays that. That was a Xbox thing, I think. That was Xbox and Sony, at least. I know that they <clears throat> require $40,000 to patch. Christ. Every indie dev is just like, excuse me? Yeah, like, it's ridiculous. But it's, I, I don't mean, have $40,000 budget. It's like, it's very clear that these systems are only implemented for AAA companies in mind, so... Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed The Missing. Mm, but, yeah, as a... Yeah, I had a really I, good time with that, too. I, I thought I had my favorite story of, of, the th- of the three inside Limbo and The Missing. Oh, nice. Yeah. Was my experience. Have you played inside? I didn't play inside. I, I played inside, which I, I liked more than Limbo. Yeah, I I, hate, okay. I I thought Limbo's story was dumb. I didn't care about no, it. No, I think by far the story in Limbo oh, is yeah. the weakest. Yeah. I think the missing is the only one that really has something to say. Yeah. Yeah. But I think some mm-hmm. of the theming in Inside is fine. Nice. Yeah. But yeah. Inside is sort of like what it's it's it feels complete in a way that Limbo doesn't, yeah. but the missing yeah. is still like a way more moving story. Yeah. Because it actually is a story, as opposed to the other two, just yeah, being exactly. mood pieces. We are mood pieces, yeah. We got some creepy imagery. Hope you enjoy it. Everybody, yeah. they're dead. Everybody's dead. <laughs> it's Limbo. Get it? Limbo. It's called Limbo uh, because they're dead, but they haven't, they haven't moved on yet. Limbo would have been so funny if it just actually looped and didn't say anything. Yeah, like that, just, would, that would have been perfect. If it just sent you back to the start of the game and never actually never. Ended acknowledged it never no pop-ups nothing just you start the game again People and i think so that would have been the best artistic statement like it would have yeah. been perfect it's called limbo god damn it <laughs> okay so that's what i've been up to i game. love that y'all have been beating that specific, I, I love that y'all have been beating that specific drum since like 20 yeah since like 2000 i was so mad because i everything right before the loop happens in limbo was great mm-hmm. yeah and then that ending was just to shit its pants yeah. oh man so close yeah the thing at the end of inside is very fun mm. oh i remember you talking about yes. that. yeah that sounded real good oh yeah oh yeah that's wild i think at the end of missing is very good yeah in it's a totally a di- in totally different way Yep. So, uh, John, what have you been up to? 
Um, well, I thought I would share with you all, you all, another segment, another edition of the Game Maker's Toolbox. Oh, the Game Maker's Toolbox. We're going to have to workshop this name. Absolutely. No, I think it's fine. We're going to trademark no, this like probably it. next week, I think. Uh, it'll be fine. <laughs> I think it's perfect. The Game Maker's Toolbox, TM. Um, mm-hmm. the game- so last, last time, we talked about Flick Game. Yeah, we did. We did. And, and I now, made one. You made one. You did. You made a Flick Game. Um, and now, Flick Game is very, very simple and straightforward. So we're actually going to get a little more complicated this week. Okay. Now, I hope that... I hope it's not overwhelming, but there may actually be some like a little bit of coding stuff involved. Do I have to map? I want to show you all. Uh, not really. Okay, we're uh, good. Minimal mapping. I'm very anti-math. I'm, I'm very anti-math. Um, I think it's going to be um, Polly's favorite of the bunch for sure. Okay. I'm, I'm going to talk about puzzle script. <laughs> oh, puzzle script! Yay! We make puzzle games. We make specifically block pushing puzzle games. Oh, okay. All you can get- you can get especially um, you can get weird with it, but that is definitely what it's made for: is block pushing puzzle games. Oh, good. Um, this is another tool um, by Incompair, just like Flick Game was. Right. Uh, and if you go to that link I posted in the Twitch chat, here mm-hmm. I'll post it in the Discord too. Um, you can see two big buttons here: one called Make a Game and one called First Steps. I think All you should right. open up both of those in tabs. Okay. Open both of those in tabs. Um, if you open up Make a Game, it actually just opens up the editor. Oh my god! And the cool thing with puzzle scripts, and of course everyone here should join along, yeah. play along at home. Um, we've got all of the game is completely contained in the text editor. Yep. Um, including all of the art. It's yeah. This is fun. I've played uh, around with it. I've played around with this before uh, in making little cute pixel dudes and stuff. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it is cute. Um, if you go up to load example in the top left corner, you can see a bunch of different little games. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see how it represents, all the art is represented as a five by five t- pixel tile. Yep. Um, it can do transparency and you can do different colors. You can do um, hex colors if you want. All of the rules have a very simple um, for, uh, if you go under rules, you see, you see like, hey, here's how we define a player moving a crate. When a player moves into a crate, both the player and the crate move in any direction yeah, that it's going to. create really simple rule sets. <clears throat> exactly. And then if you, ju- and basically the nice thing is that you don't have to really understand how the rules work because you can just copy them from other games because there's a whole <laughs> bunch of them. There's a bunch of different examples. Um, you can not really have to figure out the programming logic and just steal from everything else mm-hmm. and you'll you can get you can do so much cool shit just with that um if you go into that rules documentation um you can see simple examples explaining how this all works oh um, yeah this and is... you can see like oh shit there's a bunch of cool shit i yeah. can do with this yeah this isn't um if you go down yeah this i mean this isn't like, like it's it's on the nose. It can seem to I me mean, like if you go to make a game, if you click that button first, you're probably going to have yourself an aneurysm. If you've never coded or anything before, <laughs> you're probably going to scare the crap out of yourself. So don't don't click the make a game button first. <laughs> click first steps and have a look. <clears throat> yeah, you got a bunch of different simple rules, um, and then basically basically my arc with it has been: I want to do something, and then I'll Google it, and then like 
I want to do pathfinding. Okay, let me Google that. Oh, here's a person with a pathfinding algorithm. Let me just copy paste that in. Cool. Now I have a spider that chases you. It's great. Um, <laughs> so here's here I think is a good is a cute fun um, sample game, just for the first couple levels. Okay. I'm gonna post that in here. This is called Unconventional Guns. I do like guns. Yep. And these are supposedly unconventional. All right. And it also. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, zombies! Oh, you got it. This one has survival horror. Control. Yes, it does. But that's because in this one, direction is actually important. Oh, that's a fine-looking gun. That is a great gun. <laughs> Fantastic gun. <laughs> Oh, that's a very unconventional gun. That's an unconventional as fuck gun! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me... There we go. Oh, I ate myself. I ate myself! Yes. <laughs> I played the snake gun game. Okay, oh, it, oh, snake gun game is pretty goddamn good, I've gotta say. It tells you what to there do on the floor, I, I just realized. Yeah, it tells you what to do. I was like, ooh, this is quite a tricky one. Nope, the whole, it out. the rest of the podcast is Go just ahead. us playing this It's game. just us playing snake gun game and boring ourselves. <laughs> if you go to puzzlescript.net and click the gallery, you can see just a whole bunch of, they have pretty gifts of all these different puzzle script games. Mm -hmm. um, so you can just like, whatever you look, I played like dozens of these and I've had a really good time doing it because people have such varied art styles and such varied approaches um, there's a couple people that even took advantage of the format where instead of just going from screen to screen, it's one big world that you move between. Mm. So you can actually you can actually do a world like ZZT where or other I guess other touchstones people have for games in which you move between like Zelda. That's honestly pretty fucking incredible. Yeah. So it's a it's a pretty wide um there's one creator I know that create that over the course of like a year created like 80 different puzzle script games. Oh, just exploring yeah. like a ton of different rules. Yeah, I think you were retweeting those when they were releasing or something. I remember that. Mm -hmm. I remember somebody going crazy making a bunch of puzzle script games. Yeah, um, I'll Google that when we're on break and post that in the chat. Right, somewhere. right, right. Um, so yeah, this is I've been exploring another little another little idea. Um, but you can have little text interludes between the levels too. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a lot you can do with this. You can tell little stories, you can make little puzzles, you can um, explore the wide, wide possibility space of pushing blocks on a grid. Because there's a lot you can do with that. My as it turns favorite, out. my favorite. I just, I, man, just pushing blocks is my thing. I can't. You know, I was a, like, uh oh, block pushing, and then I played Snake Gun, and I'm like, damn. Yeah, Snake Gun's pretty good because it makes Always me not. Th it makes me not think I'm pushing blocks. Victory, thy name exactly. is Snake Gun. Victory, thy name is Snake Gun. <laughs> oh, Who would have known? <laughs> I got to the third level of Snake oh, Gun, no. and there is a block you can push. Uh oh. Uh oh. I think we might have run it. We might have found the fatal flaw of Snake Gun. Oh, and the snake also pushed the block. Uh, well, we're done. We're out. This is too many rules for me. <laughs> I'm a practical pick, and I'm so practical because I keep things simple. <laughs> I 
That's me. That's literally me. So puzzlescript.net. If you want to make me personally very happy, go make a thing in it and at me about it. it and uh, and you, if you want to play a good example, go play Spider's Hollow. There you go. Yeah, I can I can plug my own. You can plug your cute. own? That's allowed? That's allowed? Uh, or go play Snake Gun. It's a snake gun's pretty good, too. Uh, an unconventional gun. I really like Spider's Hollow still. I'm very happy with how that turned out. You should you should right. count yourself thankful that I finished that. I know, because it, that one gets a little tricky in the yeah, end. It really does. <laughs> um and I think that's it for me for this for this little segment. I've just got I just wanted to share with you all. You just wanted I to knew. break out the, the game maker's toolkit. Toolbox. <laughs> Toolbox. My bad. Uh, sorry, sorry, Molly. I I don't know what the hell you just. Said. I don't know what the that was. <laughs> I've. Ne- I mean, I think that that would be a, a much worse name for it. Um, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It's no, it doesn't. Because you open up a toolbox. You open up a toolbox, and then there's a bunch of cool game ideas and features and engines in there for you <gasps> to use. Level four has werewolves. Oh shit! But does it have blocks? <laughs> It has a block, is two blocks, two werewolves, and a zombie. Oh damn! This is some intense puzzling. This day again. <laughs> oh whoa! The werewolf ate the zombie. Oh shit! There's a there's a whole new rule set here we did not know about. We did not anticipate. Uh, we did not anticipate wolves eating zombies. Uh-oh. Level five. I'm almost out of snake bullets. <laughs> you can play Spiders Hollow at FarawayTimes.h.io. I think it's pretty cute. That's one of the games I like show people as just like a, hey you got five minutes let's take a, take a look at my games um it's like at parties and stuff you know it's yeah like fun. everybody wants to play the the horny spider game at a party <laughs> <First> dates, <laughs> co-workers <laughs> <laughs> and that's my segment Hi. all right hey 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 man we man hey so yeah, if you want to go, you, know, you want to go to puzzlescript.net if you want to make video games. Though so, you do that, just one last yeah. time there for him. So all right, so a uh, couple weekends ago, in fact, it would be two weeks to two tonight actually. Uh, we put the cap on a big old project we've been working on for uh, almost half a year. <laughs> we finally put it to bed, ladies and gentlemen. We finally, we finally put Higurashi when they cry streams to bed. Um, oh, with the end of Matsuri Bayashi, um, man, oh man, I knew that that game's ending was like big, loud, and, 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 and cathartic. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think that I expected just how big, loud, and cathartic that entire seven-hour final chapter would be. <laughs> that final chapter is big. We broke it up into three streams. Um, but it's about <laughs> seven hours, and Jesus. that the last seven hours of that game just there's no downtime. It's going at a hundred and ten miles per hour the whole damn time. It's it, it's ridiculous. Like coming into the main like 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 I think um especially if you're coming from the anime, I think that this is something that kind of was kind of that pervaded uh, the anime version especially for the final arc um it's easy to see how things in the main story of this chapter are kind of like they're coming together in really contrived ways where where like all of the right things are happening this time around like like all of the 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 everything to put 
the protagonists in a, in a position to um, achieve the ending that they want to achieve, all of the pieces are falling into place perfectly. So, like, the, the anime has to kind of rush through these moments... Um, whereas the visual mm-hmm. novel, it's taking its time to, to, to help you kind of understand why each of these moments is important and how through like retaining knowledge of the previous chapters and, and growing as people, these characters were able to earn this moment and these things going right and kind of like, 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 so, so while it might come off as contrived, I feel that like they've earned the right for all the things to kind of fall into place the right way that they do to set up mm. this final chapter. Um, uh, and, and I think that it's also like in that way where everything starts coming together in a nice way for once where we, we have a feasible chance of victory. I think that that is also kind of very considerate of the players invested time. Like we feel we've grown with this story. We've learned just as much as these characters have learned. So, like it feels like you're 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 being rewarded in a way when they start helping stack the deck a little more in our favor despite the fact that our enemy is still just this big monolithic scary thing mm-hmm. um yeah. uh but the, like this the, the entire like, like, and while I do love the the entirety of the, the the final arc, I think that it does come down to these last seven hours, um, and this last final chapter where like the action is fantastic, the dialogue it's just it's top notch from from start to finish, and like all of these big moments that come for the protagonist and the antagonists alike, like everybody in the game has this big moment. Uh, whether it's big and dramatic, big and cathartic, big and just overbearingly soul-crushingly sad, um, everybody gets <laughs> everybody gets really big moments to shine and 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 soar in a way that just kept punching me emotionally. And like I already knew this story, <laughs> like that's the thing that just keeps astonishing me is like I already know this story, but. I'm sitting there and I'm on the verge of weeping at how masterfully handled these big moments are and just how well this story comes together and how he's able to kind of make everybody's story matter. Like, even if, like, they're a character that probably doesn't deserve a bunch of sympathy because they've done some real bad things... (laughs) (laughs) Um, they make it understandable and, and, and like, it's, it's weird. It's, 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 I usually get sick of people writing the moral gray area, I guess, but I feel that like there's a gray area that they kind of tackle with, uh, the series antagonist that, uh, it feels earned. Uh, Sayara would disagree. (laughs) 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 Cyrus just like, fuck that character. He'll give you 34 reasons why. He will give you 34 reasons. Um, but, but, Do like... you read your words and deeds? No. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but by the time, like, those final credits are rolling and, and, and you realize that, you know, you finished this big thing and that, like... 
the, the the moment that really hit for me was when one of the characters started talking about like the days that they're going to experience after mm-hmm. June 1983. Mm-hmm. And you don't really think about that in the moment. Like when you're playing through these games, it's, that's the farthest thing from your mind because all you're thinking about is, okay, it's just like if we fuck up, it's June again. But now it's just like you have this moment of just like, what does happen after... You know, like, and there's this big rush of emotions you get that's just like, oh, these characters were fighting for their futures, and you know that. It's not like I'm stupid and didn't know that. It's just the enormity of that moment of, of like, oh, shit, like, no, we won, and we will see July and August and September. Like, life will finally go on. And it's just like... Mm-hmm. You're being let go. Like, as the player, like, you're... Like, it's a big cathartic trails moment where you finish one of those series. Like, where you, when you get to the end of the third and you're saying goodbye, it's just like... Uh, that's kind of how Higurashi left you, is that, yeah. like, you're saying goodbye to these characters that you've that have been through a whole lot. Um, eight games. Eight. Eight freaking <sighs> games. 160 hours of streaming, I think you said. A hundred, almost 160 hours. I don't, I don't know how people <laughs> stuck with this because this isn't something that when I did it the first, when I did it the first time, it was kind of just a joke. Like when I yeah. did, the, when I did the first stream, it was the aha, I'm gonna make you come here and I'm just gonna sit here and read for two and a half hours. And then it's just like, oh, fine, we'll just do it again. We'll see how long the joke goes. And then, by, and then by that point, it's like, okay, we're halfway through Onikakushi. I think we probably have to commit here um and i think that like probably about three-fourths through onikakushi it was just like you kind of looked at the realize oh we're just gonna do all this aren't we huh huh and then to kind of like to have finally hit the end of that felt real weird because i like i felt real empty for like (laughs) like two two or three days after because you look at the clock it's almost seven o'clock it's like all right time to go not do Higurashi tonight. <laughs> huh. That's weird. It's over. Like, it, it had become this big thing for a lot of us. Um, but uh, I, I think the bottom line is that this, like, like th- th- that I had, that I came to, though, is that, like, 14 years later, like, this story is just really special. That's why it hits the way it does. Um, like, it, ad- like, anything that I thought that this story might have lost in, 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 in revisiting it, just completely thrown out the window like it's it's doing and saying so much about so many important things yep. but but at the same time it doesn't at any point in time ever forget to entertain you as well like it's going to have those big moments where it's commentating on 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 child abuse where it's commentating on divorce where it's commentating on being stuck in an endless loop of June 1983 you know all very common things that <laughs> people experience um but it never at any point forgets that it needs to be entertaining as well i'm getting run that bias again you roboted oh okay i said on financial abuse on getting pulled into QAnon, and (laughs) (laughs) i know the ways this hit like specifically 2020 stuff was also weird it's like yes. when a character is like attending a meeting of nationalists, oh, like you're like, oh, and they're, wow, floating huh. the, and they're floating these wild conspiracy theories. Like it's well, just 
Mm-hmm. I think it just goes to show that, like, oh, okay, Higurashi is also timeless because this We're... shit was n- this shit isn't new. Like this wild conspiracy yeah. theory wing of of politics and people that get bought into these bullshit ideologies. It's not new. It's just way louder now. Like you know. Yeah. I swear, isn't there a part where they're like, we're going to make Japan great again? Yes! They literally want to, quote-unquote, make Japan great again. It's ridiculous. Like, this stuff isn't new, and it's it's, it's a bummer that, like... Like, it's both impressive and a bummer that things like... That that were written to be taking place in 1983 are hitting in 2020. Uh, With the same impact. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very scary, and it's 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 unfortunate, um, but it's like a little I, comforting, but a little comforting as well. Of, well. Yeah. Well, at least it's we're at least it's not unprecedented. Yeah, like they, at least like we are we, at least we know what we're dealing with in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but but like being able to balance all that and also be entertaining, like that's such a balancing act to have to try and maintain that to to have this cast of characters that we have to beat into oblivion like we have to put them through the ringer of despair but then we have to also kind of be able to pull them out in a believable way um and to manage to do that at the end to make all of those individual character catharsis stick um it's just uh it's just a fucking master class like I, I think that this is a master class in yeah. storytelling. Um, <clears throat> like, this is a story that just nails it. Like, Absolutely. There, is, there is not anybody that I know that I would not recommend these games to. It's like, yes, you look at that and your eyes glaze over at the fact that it's eight individual games that by yourself <laughs> will probably take 10 to 12 hours a piece. It took us 20 hours because we were streaming. So that's yeah. why it took us 160 mm-hmm. hours. But it'll probably take you 10 to 12 hours if you're reading on your own. Um, uh, and I know that that's a lot to ask. And you somebody. don't have to, <clears throat> and you don't have to commit. Just play Onikakushi. It's free. Yeah. If, like if you, if you don't, if you, Onikakushi is an absolutely stellar opening chapter. So if you are going to be bought into this, you'll be bought in by the end of that game. So yeah. Just, yeah. You can just play that one and then you'll know. Yeah. And, and those games are probably going to go on sale again here at the end of the year. Oh yeah. Uh, and you can get Onikakushi mm-hmm. for free until uh, the, the, the coronavirus uh, vaccines start rolling out. Uh, you can so get that. I was both, thinking about that, though. <laughs> both on Steam and, um, uh, I think, GOG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were I thinking think, about I think that. On GOG, it says, like, until a coronavirus vaccine is discovered. And I'm like, well, that's kind of happened now, huh? I think, I, I think that their wording <laughs> might be a little... I know. Yeah. But I was like, oh, like, it's actually... Again, is weird timing with you finally finishing the series. It's like, oh, it might be time for them to consider, like, hey, maybe it's not free anymore. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we're <not>. yeah, <laughs> like because a coronavirus vaccine technically has been discovered. It's been discovered. Yeah, yeah. If we're gonna get technical about it, mm-hmm. well, if it ha- if it, if they're waiting until it rolls out, then obviously we we want to wait until. Ah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, never mind. <clears throat> Beepner is like only if you recommend potato hand. We very specifically recommend the potato graphics. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I, no CGs. They they don't have those. There's a couple of CGs. CGs there's a couple CGs in the original Hiroshi. One. It's very good. There's exactly one. Yeah. 
It's very good. Well, two if you you could count the eyes. Yeah, the eyes. That's kind of CGs. Um, but um, yeah, like I streamed that. I streamed that the way that I did because it made the streaming experience a bit more uh, digestible. I think. Uh, Yeah. But I definitely Mm. prefer the old school filtered backgrounds and potato and original Ryukishi sprites. Uh, I love the voices too, though. The voices are the voice acting adds so much, and you can just add the voices if you want. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you want to use the 07th mod and just add voices to the original potato graphics, you can do that. It's very good. But yeah. So so we finished that and it was it, it, it was a trip. Like it was like this these past six months have absolutely been just it's been amazing to have that to come home to or to, to have that be able to fill up your evening. Um It's been and, such a fucking blast, Polly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we I are going to time. do we are going to do a rap podcast uh, for the series as a whole for, to to finish off our discussions for Mina Goroshi and Matsuri Bayashi. Uh, we're going to be planning that sometime this week. We're going to try and get that done sometime soon. We're going to have to break it up into two parts, I think, because oh, both of, there's a lot to tackle the on each artist. of those. So, I joked probably that you should do another one right after Mina Goroshi, and you were like, "Nah." And now it's like, "Oh, I guess it I is really wish podcasts. we I really wish we had." Uh, but yeah, we're going to have to break that up over two nights, but I'll probably just stitch it together as one big five, six hour episode. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, uh, as for what we're doing visual novel wise streaming after that, I'm taking a break. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not committing to anything right now. Yeah. Um, you were like, I'm Neko in January. I'm like, fuck out of here. You are. No, I'm not doing I'm Neko in January. <clears throat> if, any, if I do anything, like, <laughs> if I do anything, like uh, I do have Stein's gate elite that I do want to hit. And I think that that would be a, a fun one to do. Uh, and there's some smaller ones that I want to sprinkle into to kind of break up because man, who wants to go into another big eight game series? Just woof. That's a bit much. We might go ahead and wait till May. To the... it, it starts. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You're beginning it. <laughs> I think I saw one friend start my love and, I, and then just bounce. I was like, yeah. I saw Aww. one person bounce. Yeah. Almost I'm immediately, like, well, right. too. It's, it's got it. Mm-hmm. I'm the desti- I, I'm still the destined hero who will bring us in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> That's the year we all get really into Mob Love. There you go. Finally, the Sox cast approval. I've got catch up to do. I need... 2020, no, 2022 is when I play it, and I'm like, no, y'all. Seriously. It's going to be slow, because you got to get through the first two games. But then the third game... It's actually really worth it. Wait, I thought the like, second game was at least also good. It's just the first game that is a slog. Well, there's a, it, they sell the first two games as one game on Yeah, Steam, it's, so oh, it's... Oh, yeah. oh, right. So it is... And the... So yeah, just just get through the first two games, then the third game. It's actually really good. And then, and then like, a year <laughs> later, one of you will join in, and then the third one will be like, oh, fine. Be like, now it'll just be like, Rhett, now read, like, the first four hours of that house in Fata Morgana. <laughs> I promise you, I'm going to get back to <laughs> Just don't read Requiem. Just don't play Requiem. Okay, that's easy enough. Easy enough. Uh, so yeah, that's Igarashi. Lines it this week, and then it, it's yeah, there you on go. The just no, I I cut the list off. And after, the list uh, is cut. Off. Yeah, I cut mine off as well. Like like this. Like I cut mine off after. Just that certain. good, Rhett? I made a list called Games I Beat in 2021, and, uh... You've already started it? 
Yeah, the missing is on. The there. missing the is now one. 2021 candidate. Oh. Yeah, I, I said the sunset overdrive was the line. That's the line. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I passed yeah. my line this past week, so yeah. <laughs> So that that Tegarashi, that was an absolute blast. Like having having a chat along the for the whole ride for that, and everybody's reactions to everything. It just made that whole experience like it was an experience. Um, it was a just a fucking blast. It's Every I'm glad I that I did in. that the way that I did. Like had I just read them by myself, I know I would have so still fun. enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But having people along for that ride um, and getting bought in themselves felt real real good. It's like an even, it's a dramatically bigger version of what you did last year with yeah. Eye of the Somnium Files. It is a ridiculous, like, it is a monster yep. version of what I did with Eye of the Somnium Files. And I think that it absolutely, it was just as uh, fulfilling, um, mm-hmm. just having people along and reacting. And I know that just as many people have contacted me and said, oh, I'm getting into Higurashi now. Or, oh, I'm going to go check out, like, mm-hmm. Umineko or something now. Like, I, so, that continues to spread, like, a disease which is probably not the best uh, <laughs> probably not the best way to describe things these days so you'll forgive my terrible verbiage in explaining how people are just really starting to get into Higurashi and it's great to kind of see this series the still he- has so much life after all the Higurashi the Higurashi came out of your mouth and it just infected everybody else around you exactly wait, wait no basically with that voice oh god could you okay but you could you do that voice for like 10 hours uh yeah i can do that voice for a pretty sustained period of time because man vtubers got some fucking stamina that boggles my mind 20 hours of assassin's creed there there is that would be it no john that one has happened that actually happened no i'm i was thinking of the poly vtuber stream oh right (laughs) Yeah, just get live 2D, bro. <laughs> just live I'm... 2D, live stick, poly head, like just, just the, yes. just the stick yes. poly. <laughs> like I would do nothing. Like there would not be a character model. It would just be very simple. There's a poly head with the, it's the stick. It's, it's just stick poly. It just still needs to have a tiny bit of eye and mouth tracking to be yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, to be weird <laughs> enough. <laughs> I like the one. 40 hour stream demanding Doritos bring back Fuck Doritos yeah. 3D. Why, why did those ever go away? And why, when they brought Doritos 3D back, it was just a pale imitation? Did anybody else. Who else? Who else? Like, there's got to be somebody else out there in the world that misses Doritos 3D as much as I do. I don't know if I miss them as much as I do, you do, but I do remember them and miss them. They were the coolest fucking thing. They were like, they were like Doritos, but they were like round. You know, like that spherical qualities. I swear, I would like. It's been a while, but I remember like biting them in half and like putting my finger. In the yeah, open shell. yeah, 
like, oh, I got fingertip, like, triangle fingertips now. Yeah! <laughs> Wait, Why are, are they bugles? gone? They're Why are they gone? Of... I don't know. They were literally the best. Look are they at like them. I'm just going to, I'm going to save a picture and put them on the screen the rest of the stream. <laughs> They're just gone. The, um, Doritos 3D. They're so good. The Doritos oh. 3D. Game over. No, those are not the right ones. Directed by You want to look at, you want like the ones that look like, like, look. look. Oh my God. These look so cool. Look, they're so cool, right? That has to be it. Maybe they like, they cost $800 million to make such a cool fucking they chip. Like pizza rolls. They're, yeah, exactly. They're like hollow pizza rolls, but they're Doritos instead. Oh. What if you just took a bite and then injected molten chips into them? Injected molten cheese and meat into them. Oh my God. And then took a bite. Maybe that's why they took the them off the market, is that, that like, somebody would eventually have that idea, and we would literally, as a nation, become the, well, we already <laughs> are the most obese, aren't we? Well, that's a, that's a moot point. But, but man. And we'd also be the most delicious nation. We would be the most delicious, <laughs> and we can't have that. Like, nobody. Zach says supposedly they're, Zach says supposedly they will be returning in January. I don't know what your sources on that say. I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm gonna need some sources on that. I'm gonna need I some found, real hard sources. I found like a blog post. I like the implication. Go ahead. Says, it says they're still made in Mexico. Hmm. Oh. I'm gonna have to look at importing yeah, road trips. options. There you go. Some people are importing them. Um, I like the, I like the implication. I like the implication that Doritos already flavor wise are already perfect. Um, so the only way that they can be improved upon at all is by changing their shape or texture. <laughs> exactly. Because the taste the taste experience of a Dorito is already I think we all agree the ideal chip. Yeah. Oh my God! It's the best chip. This is right? dated December third, twenty twenty, at four what? p.m. What? If the rumors what? are true, your favorite discontinued Doritos may be revived in the new year. Frito-Lay is reportedly starting up production of 3D Doritos once again, and the beloved 90s snack could make a comeback as early as January 18th. I have a reason to live. Oh, my God. What brought up Doritos 3D? I, when did that come up? I, I just like I them. So. I think no. they John, if you actually listen to the podcast, Polly mentions them every single time. <laughs> yeah, there's like a Doritos 3D. There's a Doritos 3D mentioned in every episode, John. Go through and find them. They're sprinkled in ever so lovingly. <laughs> All right. I got you, Jetstorm. You were, you were doing very good, Jetstorm. That shit's about to go crazy. Uh, but yeah, Doritos 3D, January 18th. Oh my god. That's so soon when you think about it. Kind of. It's like a late Christmas <laughs> gift like a month later. Like tomorrow and also seven million years they're, from now. They're literally doing it like two days off from another important event. Oh, this far outshines <laughs> that moment, I think. I think that I have found my inauguration. Yeah. This is my personal inauguration. I'm buying like 27 <laughs> bags and eating them that they night. The healing can begin. The healing? Like, oh my god. It's just like, there's, like, this is a sign. This is a sign that good things are to come. If we can have well, Doritos 3D in the new year, I'm happy to endure. 
I am happy to endure. If I can have Doritos 3D in January, I think my mind will. I think my mind will finally start beginning to heal. I think my heart can finally let go of the stress. I think I can breathe the easiest sigh that I have breathed in months. I'm. I am renewed. I am renewed this very day. And also, and Trump won't be president anymore. This is the most section of the podcast ever. <laughs> John, it's in every episode. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Polly. That was wonderful. Oh, oh I want Doritos 3D. There's John. They're so good. I promise you. <laughs> I can't believe this is the happiest day of my life. I wish I was eating fucking Doritos right now. Oh man, I'm nah. I'm not gonna risk it. I was like, I'm gonna go out and get some after. No, I'm not going out. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> I'm not going to a store if I don't have to. <laughs> oh my god, Doritos 3D, you guys, they're coming back. <laughs> <sighs> man. <sighs> okay. Brett. Hi. What's been up to, buddy, old pal? How did we get from VTubers to 3D Doritos? I think Poncho mentioned them in the chat. I think, yeah, I'm going to do a 40-hour stream begging for them to come back. But oh apparently, but apparently, Polly in another arc has already done that. <laughs> so now I it's remember. just happening. Atlas, please. Atlas, please bring back 3D Doritos. I'm begging you. <laughs> I, I I would say that I can't believe that um I, I would say that I can't believe that uh the a VTuber cried like had an hour and a half stream begging to be let play Persona 3. I would say I can't believe that, but I can believe that. It's the most believable it's thing. It's the most year. believable thing. <clears throat> so, so. I mean, I mentioned it earlier. I played a lot of video games and watched a lot of anime. You did. So I talked about the video games. Yeah, you did. Let's talk about some anime. All right, let's talk about let's talk about. And some anime. the audience yeah. goes to sleep. All right. <laughs> so uh, when we last podcasted three weeks ago, mm-hmm. I had just when finished. We last yeah. left our heroes. <laughs> so this is going back a bit. I almost forgot to mention this one. So I had just finished Yakuza Three. Yeah. Which was the game okay. that I was like just blitzed through effortlessly because it was like a known quantity. It's a known franchise that I love. And we were in the middle of Hell Week. Yeah, right, 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 right. So I finished the Access of 3 and I was like, hmm, I am distraught. I have no idea what to do with myself. And then I saw something. I was like, you know what? I wanted to wait a little longer, but desperate times call for desperate measures. I finally know what to do with myself. I, oh, fuck yes. Oh, fuck. I, you know what you did? I un, There was a button under a glass case. I smashed the glass case and smashed the button. I, I watched ReZero Season 2 Part 1. Yes! Oh, wow. Here we go. Let's go. Uh, Let's go! So, I had wanted to wait a little bit longer because Season 2 Part 2 has not aired yet. No, it's not. Which means I've got to wait like three or four more months because it's starting in January. Yeah. But I was desperate for something. You need something. And this was, like, the most obvious, like, guaranteed hit. Right. 
that I could find in that moment. So absolutely between seasons one and two, there are two movies that you have to watch. Basically, oh, Didn't one know of that. them. <laughs> I know there, there's a whole guide to watching the series now. On oh, good. That's what it's I not, love. That's what I love about real I mean, easily accessible anime. Is I need a guide hey, to know how to watch it. Okay, hey, here's what's easy. On they're both on Crunchyroll. <laughs> like, okay, it's not hard to find them. They're like one of them's between like so they did ReZero director's cut. It's just it's it's season one, but all the episodes are double length. They just it's literally stitched them way together. cooler. No, they just. Because episode one was already like forty eight minutes, they just yeah. did that for every other episode. Oh, whoa! But they like didn't also add any new content, so whatever. Wait, how the fuck? How the fuck do you increase episode length but yep. literally add like nothing? No, it's like the previous episodes two and three are now all episode two, and then oh. the previous episodes five and six are now episode three. That's dumb. Yeah, so it's just it's half the number of episodes. It's the same show. They just called it director's cut. Oh, that's dumb. I mean, is there other stuff to it? Did they like add like a tiny little bits of scenes or whatnot? Apparently, extremely, extremely little. Okay. Anyways, there. But there right. is the one. There's a movie that's like between six and seven. It's so it takes place between the mansion arc and kind of the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. So it's about an hour long. It's good. It's funny. It's uh more comedy focused. It's the it's the thing that has. Inex- inexplicably a Konosuba reference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they literally just show a couple frames they, yeah, from Konosuba. They just, yeah, they show a frame from Konosuba, which is wild! Which, there's a whole thing, apparently. I mean, the, the same author- studio as the authors are friends. Yeah. yeah. Like, right. there's a reason, but it was like... Because when I saw it, I'm like, did he just make a Konosuba reference? And then I realized, oh, not only that, they just literally used a few frames from the show. Of the because like Subaru just mentions like the ice shogun for some reason, yeah, very random thing. Uh, so then, so that movie takes place between the mansion arc and the rest of the show. Uh, then the other movie is an Amelia flashback, like before she met Subaru and all of them. Okay, that could be interesting. So it's the whole thing is like her and Puck, and it's really good. Nice, and then so get to uh season two, and let me tell (laughs) you, season two has not won me over like season one did. Uh-oh! It is enormous amounts of setup so oh. far. It is just... Because I think... Season, the, 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 the back half of season one escalated so much... Oh, yeah. To, like... It goes so, it goes so hard to, like, end of the world being on the table... And, like, just absolutely nightmarish scenario that he has to navigate out of. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I always kind of was wondering, like, how do you escalate from that? And I'm not sure. The, the I think the author even also kind of knew maybe have to dial it back a little bit mm-hmm. from end of the world being on the table. And, like, the insane villains that he fights, in, like, the whole whale thing and the, the villain after that. The whale, was, the, trip. the whale was pointless. The whale was so goofy. I will give you that one. <laughs> the whale was an extremely cool. Yeah. Extremely cool. But yeah. Um, the whole... So this whole season is... Focused on... on this show, I think. Hmm? What'd you say? I just joked. We're all in, we're all in pristine agreement oh, yeah. on every facet of the show. <laughs> yeah. 
that John never brought up because Polly was going to get too mad. <laughs> I will say though, uh, I don't want I don't want to lead too much for uh, what because John hasn't watched it yet, but like season two, it's a lot of the characters you maybe didn't like from season one that much. Oh no. So it's really exploring some other characters. Like, it kind of goes back to that mansion crew a lot. Oh, cool. So Felix isn't in it at all. Characters you like, not in it. Great. Felix is, like, not in it at all. That's a bummer! Felix was a delight. Yeah. Felix is very good. But there are other fan-favorite characters that are not in this a whole lot. Oh, no. But there are some new characters that are very popular and, like... Again, I think exploring other characters like Ram is actually in it a lot, and uh, what's well, of course God. we ha- we haven't found a reason for for Subaru to use her as kindling to make himself cooler yet. <laughs> so yeah, we've already thrown Rim in the garbage. So yeah, Ram still got some use. She hasn't been used yet. <laughs> you laugh, but you know it's true. <laughs> so like. There was definitely a point where, like, like the number of ways things go bad in this arc and the number of possible directions they could go are kind of dizzying. And it's just like, I don't see a way out yet. Mm-hmm. So I definitely realized, like, as I was hitting, like, episode 10 or out of 12, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely not, uh, this is definitely dragging into season two, part two, huh? There's yeah, they, no way they resolve. Yeah. When a writer oh, writes themselves into that big of a corner, they've either got the yeah. confidence to do it or they made an oopsie poopsie. So, so the, here's the one thing: mm-hmm. the the light the light novel readers like consider this the best arc. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm very excited for the second half and apparent and like season one or season two part one is like one of the highest rated shows on my anime list. Well, right now. yeah, yeah. Because it's Billy. <laughs> but, like, for me, personally, ha- hasn't won me over. But, like, I see the potential there. It's just... It, it is mm. spinning a lot of plates. The thing that I get out of out of, out of of ReZero at this point is... Uh, we're friends mm-hmm. with Sean Chiplock. And, like, he's been getting oh, yeah. just so much positivity from uh, this new season that's oh. been going out. And it's just been great to kind of see him get some positivity oh, thrown his way cool. for it. Uh, because he really did an amazing job as Subaru. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go back and listen to some of that uh, the, that season one performance, just Ooh, incredible! Boy. Yeah. Holy it's crap! Yeah, he explained one of the uh, one of his experiences on 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 the interview we did with him uh, about yeah nailing that one scene in one take, and it's just like Jesus Christ! I don't think your vocal cords have a second take, so yeah, yeah, you're done. You you better get it the first time. Yep. Uh, so what else did I watch? Oh, so there's a show on Netflix called Great Pretender. This is a spy... Oh, they're con men. It's a show about con men. Isn't this the one where, like, the girl's trying to fool everybody or something? Or that's Talentless... What's her name? Oh, uh, yeah, that's Talentless Nana. Okay, that one, t- okay totally that's a different, different show. Okay. This is, you know, realistic kind of... It has a look, though. It has a very cool look. It looks very cool. The first, so it's about comment and like everything, there's always a trick to like what the characters are doing. Mm-hmm. And like the thing about the show is that the first five episodes, the first story arc are like absolutely phenomenal. I was just like completely blown away. 
by it. Mm-hmm. It is like they do like a full Breaking Bad in five oh, episodes. Oh yeah, where like oh, how cool. it starts really small, and then they're like, okay, we're just gonna go over here and trick this drug dealer, and then it escalates to the drug dealer being like, well, I'm not going to buy your product. I want you to manufacture it for me. Oh, and they're yeah. comment, they're like. We don't actually. The drug doesn't actually exist. What are we gonna do? Like, we're gonna fucking make some for him. It's like, oh my god, I don't know how to make drugs. Well, you're gonna learn how to. Well, do it. we just gonna learn. Oh, this, and is, then pro- he, oh, this is production IG. Nice. It's and Studio Wit, which is the uh, Attack on Titan. Right, right. Studio. Like this is gonna. This is definitely some. Yeah, this is quality yeah. looking shit here. It's really good. It looks really cool. So like, mm. the first fi- the first story arc just. I completely loved, and then the problem is, it never hit that high again for me. Oh, no! Every arc is a little bit slower than the previous Mm -hmm. one, and it just kind of fizzled out. Yeah, you can run into that with shows that kind of go in arc. Like, Black Lagoon has a similar thing where Mm -hmm. you've got that opening arc, and then the one after what might not be the greatest, and then there's that arc where they go to Japan that's really too slow... Um, this sounds kind of like it follows a similar formula. Yeah. Especially because like the, sh- the twist of the show is like, they're always, they're always thinking a step ahead and like trying to fool you. Mm-hmm. So once like after the first story arc, you're kind of on the other side and you don't get fooled again. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of loses that energy, a bit of that energy and like shock value. Mm-hmm. And then I thought I thought it wrapped up fine. I saw a lot of people were actually pretty unhappy with the last two episodes. Looks like they licensed mm. a Freddie Mercury song for the ending theme too. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's it's cool. Called, the song yeah, is called Great Pretender. Pretender. Yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. the song. That's awesome. Yeah. So the ending theme is also extremely cool. good. So like, but it was just kind of a bummer that a show that went from like a nine out of ten to like you know a seven, an eight, or an eight or a seven. Mm. Mm. But like everybody should watch that first five episodes, and then and then you'll get hooked on like I do. Well, surely the rest of it's going to be as good. Mm. Uh, and then I watched one more show. Uh-huh. I'm doing these in threes. I watched a show called Deca Dense. It's got a hyphen in it. Okay. D e c a hyphen. Oh, there it is. Dense. D-E-N- yeah. Okay. So this show has oh a very very generic concept to it mm-hmm. where it's like earth has been destroyed it's yeah. all big you know desert wasteland all of the survivors of humanity live in this giant roaming like tank thing it's a tank it's literally a tank the tank yeah. called decadence and then there's these aliens mm-hmm. you know or foreign monsters that come out and they you know they hunt them to protect themselves mm-hmm. it's ve- it's very like intentionally played straight Right. And then the end of episode mm-hmm. one Uh-oh. throws a real big curveball. And a lot of people went, I'm not signed up for this. Dropped. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. And, and I was immediately like, oh, yes, this is. Well, is it just like, is it big, absurd and stupid? Is that kind of what like that's the gist I'm getting? Big, absurd and stupid seems to make people like want to yeah. drop things. But that's my jam, so... Yeah, like, I love Big and Stupid. So, exactly. Episode 2 has a line where they have to explicitly state 
No, it's not that it's a virtual MMO. Okay, good! <laughs> also, Donatello is purple. Why is Donatello purple? Oh, jeez. I don't know what you guys are Googling. I just looked at this. I looked at the show on my anime list, and there's a character named Donatello, and he's purple. I, just, I, I have no idea what I'm Wait, looking at, Rhett. That's the, isn't that the correct character? Donatello does wear purple. He's purple. His skin is purple. Oh, oh, yeah. They're you, like you enhanced humans. You can't see purple, though. Right, yeah. Right! Okay. <laughs> look, I was just looking stuff up on my anime list, and a guy that had... Okay. That was, like, look, everybody else is normal human colored, and then this guy's purple. Okay? It was weird. There are, there are other colors. Right, right, there's, right. Like, there's, like, an orange guy. Right. Maybe not as out there as purple. Okay. <laughs> so... Uh, I'm not sure how to talk about the show. So, like, there's a there's a meta layer ki- kind of thing going on here that I, that I was definitely hooked into. Right. And then, like, on Wednesday, I just like blitzed through like seven episodes in a row to finish it, and just had an extremely good time. Nice. Awesome. Like the main girl, really kind of reminded me of Hebeke a little bit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Aww. Instant win. Uh, not. <laughs> So here's the funny thing, though, was, like, she's not actually the main character. Mm-hmm. Like, her kind of surrogate father figure is. Mm-hmm. And, like, most of the time, like, that's kind of unusual for anime for the older male to be the protagonist. Yeah, like, that's not the case most of yeah, the time. Yeah, like, like, literally ever. Like, again, it's kind of one of the fake-out things of the show where it's like, well, obviously this, like, 14-year-old girl is going to be the lead character. And it's like, no, it's this guy who is, you know... 40s or 50s probably like Mm -hmm. it's just kind of a swerve but then i was towards the end i'm like well surely they're gonna give her their moment and she's gonna be the one to you know punch the final bad guy and then it's no it was actually still him i'm like oh okay i like the idea of like the entire world being in a tank it's kind of just like it it, it, it's like girls last tour but Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. an entire society (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's it's a hard show to talk about because I don't want to spoil. Like, also, it's an anime original, which is huge. That's always a plus for me. Like, you know what? If you're not sourced from something else, I'm more more than happy to give it a look because I I I like original material. It has twelve episodes. That you're likely to more likely to finish it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It has twelve episodes and a fucking ending. (laughs) Okay, so you you are winning me over already. Yeah. Again, it has twelve episodes and an ending. <laughs> Again, that's for so much. An, for anime, that's kind of a lot. Yeah, that's a big deal. Because I, I think yep. Great, I think Great Pretender actually was an anime original as well. But again, after coming off talking about ReZero, which is just the season the season that just completely leaves you up in the air at the end. <laughs> like, hey, mm-hmm. endings are nice. Yeah, sometimes you just want twelve episodes. You know. And a big cathartic payoff at the end, and no possible continuation. That's that's how I am with pretty much all <laughs> anime, personally. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's it's a tricky show to talk about because I don't want to say what the it. big meta thing is. Right, right. Even right. though it's it's revealed in episode one, right, and then episode two significantly explains and expands on it. But let me tell you, the show with the generic premise it gets wild at points. Where you're just like, man, this is cool. so not the show they told people it was going to be. I, I like that kind of shit, though. I like being presented yeah. with something that's like, 
that that's very mundane on its on mm-hmm. the surface, but then there's there's like really cool ways that they play with it. Like I I think yeah. that that's always a plus. Like it's almost like I wish they had gone like one or two more episodes more of playing it straight because mm-hmm. it's similar to how Monica got to the end of episode three. It was just like guess what. <laughs> This is not the extremely safe, boring, magical girl show that we're acting like it is. <laughs> so this pulled the curtain, like, way faster. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I had a very good time and tried a whole bunch for, like, the last couple hours. You think, is, you, know, Gare, you think that Gare Zero counts as, as a good curtain pull? Oh, absolutely. People lost their fucking minds over that episode. That was one. such a good pull, man. Like that series, like I remember watching it like the fir- at first and being unimpressed but going back years later and like, you know what? This is actually really good. <laughs> no, see, that's the thing. It has an insane episode 1 twist. Yeah. And then the rest of the show is actually still also good. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Because should I just say what happens at the end of episode 1 in that show? I, I mean, I think I might watch this, so I don't want to ruin it. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 absolutely. Oh, one of Gare Zero. Of Gare Zero. Like... Yeah, yeah, Gare Zero has been here and out. And I think that even if you know what happens, like, that show's still really good. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. Like, the episode one of that show just introduces you to this entire cast of, like, you know, your heroes, and then they all die at the end of they episode all... one. Fucking every single one of them. <laughs> just done. It's done. And it's totally. They never go back on it. They like never really mention those characters again. No, the whole it's thing just, exactly. They present this entire cast like very intricately too. Like they're bantering back and forth. You think that these this is the crew you're stuck with the entire show? Yeah, and they I'm sure just it, like fucking wipe them out. It's like how all the promotion art for Symphogear Gear focused on Kanade. Yes. Like, that's fucking like, smart! <laughs> imagine all the promotion art for this show also just focusing on, the, like, this f- cast of four or five characters, yeah. and then they just all get wiped out at the end <laughs> by so the good. actual antagonist oh, of the series. It's so good! So at the end, when you're like, they're like, oh, she's killing everybody. You're like, oh, right, she is killing yeah, everybody. Yeah. We saw that in episode one. We saw that! <laughs> that's a fun That's a fun show. Reveal. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, then it's also an actually a good show besides the yeah. crazy episode yeah. one. Yeah. Well, so that's what I've been up to. That man, you you made real good use of your time off. I think. Mm-hmm. I think you had you had fun on a bun just start to finish. Yeah. Can't say it was wasted at all. Busy, busy. Cool. John. I watched a bunch of anime. <laughs> yeah, I didn't you even, did. I didn't even think about this segue. <laughs> so I'd watch the good isekai. Oh no. I'm not letting you get away with that, John. I... Well, <laughs> well the, that's the thing, Polly. I watched the rest <laughs> of Sword Art Online. I watched all all of what was left. Oh, God. John, can I ask you something? Can sure, I ask go you for ju- it. I just want to ask you one thing. Okay. You know we're your friends, right? <laughs> When you're depressed, why don't you come to us? <laughs> okay, so I, I had to. I specified to friends um, as I as I once I was um, committed um, that this is not because I'm having a men- I am not having a mental. <laughs> okay, because see, this is where I was at the whole fucking time. I was like, God, what is what happened? 
I thought that tweet was very funny. Sarcasm. No, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. It's hard. It's a little hard. It's a little hard right now. It's a little hard for everybody. Why? You're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not. I'm not melting apart. Like I, I watched the second season of Sword Art Online when I had COVID. I right. watched the second season mid isolation, and I just was falling apart. And the way that manifested was trying to get everybody to talk to me about Sword Art Online, <laughs> and it was not great. Y'all, that's such a weird thing. That's such a weird way for for your own despair and having this awful illness to manifest. Is I want to watch this awful trash show and then make other people talk about it with me. He generally <laughs> thought the first half was good. Um. So I think I think what what I wanted. Um. I got pat. I got a ways into it, and I was like, okay. I think it's pretty clear. That I'm not just, and I, I went a while before like talking to other folks about it. Besides, Red. <laughs> yeah, um, that's when you that's when you went. I'm revoking John Thayer's John Thayer privileges. Go ahead, Rhett. John mentioned Sal in passing, sort out online. Yeah, like multiple times in passing. Like I've been listening to the soundtrack all day, and I'm like, well, it's Yuki Kaijura music. That's fine. And then you made some other reference to it, and I'm just like, huh. And then you like basically said you were watching it and i'm like oh this motherfucker <laughs> he's actually because like the first time i was like well there's no way john is smart enough he's not actually going to start watching sal again no clearly not because it really was very bad okay that's my the piece first, the first the first 50 the first 50 f's really were very bad um and to be clear the rest of the show is also very bad just to just to be clear yeah. But I did what what I did want. Um, I wanted to get past the point where it was wouldn't because it absolutely started off as wouldn't it be funny if I watched Sword Art Online? That was that was the impetus <laughs> last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I wanted, and I I think this was the point where it's like it was no longer. Um, there's no, there can't be really be a veil of irony at this point. No, and I just kind of had to accept that I like Sword Art Online a lot. Oh no! <laughs> especially, especially. So, so the the first fifty episodes are the first two seasons, which is what I've watched before. Mm-hmm. Um, GGO is one arc, so it's like thirteen episodes, and then there's Mother's Rosario, which is another like ten episodes, and then the first two seasons, the first two arcs as well, and then there's the the second fifty episodes are just one big arc, and it's sort out online Alicization, and it's all in one world. So it's literally four different arcs, all in different games, and then one arc. And it, that takes the same amount of, they spend the same amount of time in that. So functionally, this is um, when it starts actually being sort of a real show. <laughs> because <laughs> the, the way I um, figured it out was um, the first season of the show, the very first arc of the show, rather, ends bizarrely. Because it and they get to floor seventy five, the final boss introduces himself, wipes the floor with the main characters, and then Kirito magically comes back to life and kills him, and then it ends. Floor seventy five of a hundred. It's like this is the halfway point. This is episode twenty six of Soul Eater, where the final boss is released, and then we build up to the new climax, the actual climax. Right. But it just ends. Ugh. It it is. I cannot overstate how broken and unfinished and bizarre it feels. Yeah, that. That's bonkers to me. Yeah. And again, 
the all everything up through the end of Alicization was written as self-published web fiction from 2002 to 2008. Yep. So as a self-published web fiction, that makes sense because people get mm. bored in the middle of their fic mm. and they're like, ah, I'm going to do something else. Right. And they don't finish it. Fine. But then he started rewriting it in 2009 for an actual light novel. And instead of finishing it, they just said, oh, just keep the structure of the original. Mm. Um, and then they adapted it in 2012 into a show. And they're like, well, we're adapting this light novel and it's obviously broken, which itself was adapted from this obviously broken web fiction. Let's <laughs> reproduce that exactly. So we have this show that is reproducing verbatim all of the main glaring structural faults of the self-published web fic from 2002. Oh, man. Which is really funny. That's... I think. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> And and so many people worked on the show. It's it, again beautiful production. Like right? it, it's it's among A One's finest work. Mm -hmm. Like A One is not really known for great work, but they do put their best on this title. It seems mm -hmm. they do yeah. a bunch of nice, talented VAs, millions of viewers. Um, Yuki Kaitra music, which is always just good. fucking bonkers to me. Still, God, that's what and kills. Whenever, Go ahead, you post, whenever you post a clip and I hear that music mixed against Sword Art Online, it does just feel like <laughs> so unearned. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it is just, they could not escape the faults of the original web fiction. They never got to the point where the, an editor told said, no, we have to fix this. This because is actually bad. <laughs> So instead, we have a show that, for the first 50 episodes, just fucks around. And uh, then they start the real show. And the real show constantly calls back to that first 50 episodes like, oh, remember our time with these characters? Remember remember Yuki? Remember all the, the legendary battles of Aincrad with Asuna and Kirito? All the callbacks. And it's just it's just this completely broken, do you fractured thing. Do you remember the glop? That was not included in the That animation. wasn't included? Wow. That was not. Wow. I know. It really does uh, have that kind of web 2000s webcomic energy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's 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 the way to appreciate it almost is is looking at it as like a bizarrely um well-produced like 2000s webcomic or something because then then all the broken parts kind of are like oh yeah. okay we're like halfway through the archive he's like all right now we're going to start the real arc and because i've i've learned and grown um so that that's essentially what alicization is is that it's what the show should have been from the start oh man um, and it's and it's compromised by the fact that there's 50 episodes of bullshit before that mm -hmm. um that also and to be ends clear, up, I mean, like, go ahead, Rhett. A lot of that stuff ends up being important, too, because they call back literally to those characters. Oh, yeah, you can't just start with Alicization. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like, it's not that they throw out the first 50 episodes. It's that it all matters. But the show oh, really yeah. starts. It's oh, just yeah. I didn't start writing for really real until yeah. Alicization. Yeah. And the, oh. the worst part, the thing that makes that blows my mind the most he has a separate light novel series called Sword Art Online Progressive, where he just continues the story of the first arc past floor 75. It's like, here's an AU where I actually finished the story I started. Oh, my God. But that's not what's getting turned into an anime. That's not what's get, getting all this. So no. it's just like, 
you couldn't have fixed it at the time. You had to you had to <laughs> reproduce all these faults. And now it's like, well, okay. And and the video games do the same thing. They just are like, all right, we're in an AU where it conti- where we fixed. Yeah, yeah, I noticed show. that with the with the games. <laughs> Yeah, because the first season is the one that has the very clear stakes of we are trapped in the virtual world, and if we die in the virtual world, we die in real life. Yeah, yeah. We've explained why that happens. It's clear. It's exciting. It's fun. We've got a bunch of episodic cool shit. Um, and every subsequent arc is compromised by, all right, now we have to contrive a new set of reasons why it matters whether or not you win in the game or yeah. not. And the fact that they have to keep contriving that, and it's never as strong as it is in that first season. And that's why all the sound nerds are like, well, the Aincrad is the best arc, even though it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> because mm. it's it felt the most... It, it, it just keeps kind of skating on the momentum of like, hey, we have this episodic yeah. show with real stakes that we never finished. Yeah. Um, and then they finally are like, all right, now let's make a real show. Um, and Carrie does trap in a new virtual world, the underworld. Um, they they let you know that it's a reference to Alice in Wonderland, and then they say that explicitly in the first episode, and that's why it's called Alicization, oh, and that's why the main character looks like that's why Alice looks like Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Oh, <laughs> and this god. is when he started writing for really reels. Oh my god! <laughs> yup. <laughs> she doesn't just look like the Alice, but the, she also looks like Jean from. Our favorite fate. Arc. Oh, good. <laughs> she does look exactly like Sean. She, her personality is the same as Sean's. It's bizarre. <laughs> um, but the 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 hook with this one is that the underworld is populated by um, copies of human souls that were raised from birth in the virtual world. So it's essentially a bunch of real people that are AIs. Um. And Kirito is the only real per- at first. Kirito is the only real person in this world, but then you form relationships with the other people. Hmm. And what connected me with the first season, um, and again, just to be clear, it's all bad. <laughs> <laughs> I am eating out of the trash can. Don't. Yeah, I've got the slop bucket around my neck. <laughs> it's all good. <gasps> What connected me with the first season is that it's very intimate because it's almost entirely Kirito and his friend, new friend, Yu-Gi-Oh. Right. Um, and it actually takes its time um, establishing their day-to-day existence. Mm-hmm. Um, and they li- And the other thing about this virtual world is that time moves much faster in this virtual world than it does in the real world. So in the real world, Asuna is fretting because Kirito's in, stuck in the VR world because he was attacked and now he's in a coma and the only way they can treat him is by putting him in this time thing it's actually not very clearly explained <laughs> um they contrive there's a contrived reason why he's in a coma in the real world and is stuck in the underworld right. and they spend like half the show like building up this relationship and then the entire back half is okay we have established this relationship we have established that the world is broken the church rules over it with an iron fist if you break the rules of the church um you will be killed <laughs> and also if you attempt to break the rules of the church um a, a a giant red a searing pain hits in your right eye and it goes system alert air code 871 and you start screaming and it hurts a lot you literally cannot disobey the church 
um, without being in horrible pain. Um, and then the halfway point of the show is Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, actually managing to break that, and his eyes just explodes, and he breaks the rule of the church, and then Kirito joins him. And now they are out bro- fugitives of this broken system. Mm. Um, and it's a lot of cool dynamics there. I, I like the the system, the systemic abuse aspect of it. Right. It's kind right. of a church ruling, being part of this system that is broken and then then fighting it. The entire back half is them climbing the tower of the main church and just fighting cool bosses. And they actually like, <laughs> uh, they actually, no, in like a good way though. They like figured out an art, they like figured out um, how to make Sword Art Online action kind of good. Kirito barely cheats. Um, everybody has noble phantasms now. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, and it, it kind of works for me. Um, they get to the end and they actually have a big climactic multi-boss finale, which is everything that you didn't really get out of the first four arcs. Because <laughs> mm. the first arc doesn't have an ending. The second arc has a really, really lame ending um, where he fights one guy and cheats and wins and it's really weird. GGO kind of works um, and the Mother's Rosario has is its own thing. It has um, AIDS. AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. Everyone has, has AIDS, 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 AIDS. <laughs> Asuna gets a new girlfriend and then she immediately dies of AIDS and it's very sad and tragic and you feel a lot of feelings. Or you don't because you're not a fucking sucker like me. Yeah. Um, so it's the first time that the show is like, I know I said this about GGO, but it's like the first time the show is actually kind of functioning because GGO he's still cheating constantly. He's still like way ahead of everybody else in a way that sucks all the stakes out of any of the action. Yeah, yeah. Um, which Rhett, Rhett watching it made me realize like, okay, yeah, it's better than these two seasons, but it's still pretty bad. Um, but yeah, they just kind of figured out the action. Um. I was like, oh, cool. And I, Somebody I told that. him, hey, man, uh, Kirito kind of being able to cheat everything and always win, <laughs> it's not very fun. Mm-hmm. And then he finally... All right. Then he actually, and he actually listened. That's weird. Yeah. It, they, they, the way Kirito functions in this show is much better. He actually just is like the Goku. Um, he actually is like they make him function in a much more reasonable way as opposed to just in the beginning of the arc, we've established that he can't do his special dual wielding in this world. And then halfway through, he just starts he just dual wielding can do <laughs> for it. no reason. Of course. Oh, at the end of the arc, his HP hits zero and everyone is like, well, that means you're dead. And then he's just like, no, I'm not dead. And it's not, fu- it's not working on Gurren Lagann rules. Everything else in the, in the show is, trying to be hard rules yeah and then they just like and then he just and... breaks the fucking rules because that's what the writer wants him to do that's what the writer thinks being cool is yeah. instead of establishing rules and then having an exciting climax within those within rules, the rules because that's what's actually fun yeah he just is like ah oh, no he just so that's what they kind of figure out they figure out how to make him function um this is the show sort of working which is what i always wanted was it for it to function on the same um 
stupid Chuni harem action bullshit right. level right. that I like that I loved about Fate Stay Night and ReZero. <laughs> you got a brand. You got it's, a brand. It's here. not. It, yeah, it's not. It doesn't really reach reach, the, reach those levels because it's still not funny. There's not like. It, it's just aching for anybody to tell a fucking joke. There's no. <laughs> it, it makes the whole thing feel like dry. And low it it sounds so joyless. It's like a ste- It's like a fully it's, cooked steak. It's better than what came before, but it's still a dry light novel adaptation. Is what I'll God. say. Like John, I, I think it's. I think it's. Yeah. You yeah, told right. me one of the jokes, I forget exactly what it was, but it was like, it ends with Kirito and Asuna looking at each other and laughing as if they had told a joke, <laughs> but they actually didn't. Oh, something I about her, like, her, she measures her his heart rate all the time. Mm. Oh, yeah. At the, start of the, at the start of the season, Kirito and Asuna and Shinon from, the, from GGO, my girlfriend, um... Mm-hmm. They're just chilling around, and then Asuna, like, matter-of-factly goes, like, oh, yeah, by the way, um, he has a sensor attached to his heart now because of his new job with this with these underground pe- underworld people, um, and I just have an app where I can look at his heart rate at all times. <laughs> and Shinon is like, oh, that sounds like an anti-cheating device. And then they're like, no! <laughs> and, like, you can see that dynamic being funny like, in another the, show. What's, what's the joke? <laughs> Is that is the joke that he cheats? No, the joke is the, the joke would be in, in a re, in a different show in a real show. The joke would be that Asuna is protective of Kirito because he she knows that Shinon likes him, right? And would want to and would want to cheat with him potentially. Mm-hmm. So she's oh. like, "Well, I just you know, I have an app on my phone that says when his heart rate goes really fast, and I can call him and whatnot." Okay, so I, I think that I, would be the joke, but oh. it's played completely without without humor okay yeah yeah this dry dry shoe leather humor here yeah to be clear i actually meant cheat in the game oh no i meant cheating i meant relationship cheating um so so that's that's the big that's one of the big issues yeah um the other big issue is that the whole thing is about ugo's arc and how he goes from being um, weak and unable to protect his friends and Alice at the start of the show to being strong and brave and saving everybody and being mm. even as strong as Kirito. Um, can you guess how this arc is represented in the show? Oh no! How does a boy? How do we represent a boy becoming brave and strong and able to protect people that he loves? Just hit me. <laughs> well, in the first ten episodes. There are four separate women yeah. that are bound up and imperiled yeah. in front of in front of Yujio, usually sexually. And the first time he can't do anything about it and he feels really bad and guilty about it. The second time he's he freezes up, but then Kirito helps him, and then they're able to save the girl who's the sister of the first girl. And then the third time, that's when he is um there's two his pupil are both very very graphically assaulted on screen and then and then his eye breaks his eye bursts and then he attacks he kills the people and those two people in the last scene were introduced like an episode earlier and they and then disappear from the show afterwards so they just are there for ugo oh my god oh (laughs) john it's real bad 
I, have I feel, a question. Like, I I feel like my eye is going to burst out of my fucking head <laughs> thinking about this garbage. John, did Pugilist Girl... Did, did Punchy Girl ever come back? No, she just was there to suffer for a second and then what disappeared. What the fuck? Okay. Um, and then the thing is, those two girls come back in the next season and immediately are imperiled again to motivate a different... Oh, man. Jesus Christ! It's real on the it's, nose. It's real rough. It's yeah, right. baked into the DNA of the show. Like, it's yes. just part of th that series. Like, I know that I, I, I joke that this is, like, this is literally re-zero. And that, like, all characters are sacrificed so that Subaru can be the coolest person in the room. But it sounds way more widespread mm -hmm. in SAO. Um, yeah, I think that I think that you're right to say that the dynamic is present in ReZero. I think the dynamic is also present mm -hmm. in Fate. Um, no, I... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I I just feel a little awkward putting ReZero on the level of those two. But it's the same like... thing. Its characters are literally being sacrificed and thrown away once there's no more use for them because they have a big moment, a big emotional moment that leans heavily in Subaru's favor. So that once once he can tell them, okay, I've already got what I need from you, but I don't like you, so whatever, goodbye. That character is tossed aside. <laughs> it's it's going to happen to every single character in that show, especially Holly every, especially was clearly every... Team Rem, incredibly salty over him choosing Amelia. No, I thought him. I think him choosing Amelia is just utterly stupid because he seems to feel entitled to Amelia for some okay. reason, and I think it's just gross. Like, dude, you met her once and you're in love with her and now you're going to stalk her for the rest of her fucking days? Like, dude. Okay, what I meant was that Fate and Sword Art Online have sexual assault scenes that, okay. that ReZero does not. Okay, ReZero does not broach sexual assault. And I would not, I would not try to paint it as such. But uh, SAO and, and Fate are just, Jesus Christ, like, man. And I, it's still the goal. That the writer of SAO has to say that he doesn't know how he writes such good female characters. It just <laughs> comes naturally to me. Makes me want to put my head through the, the thickest th steel door that I can find. Because there's no, there's no reality in which that's true. But he says it and people believe it. And people report it. And people support it. So it reminds me of George R. R. Martin. People asking him, "How do you write such good women?" And I and he goes, "Well, I just think of them as people first. And it's like, "Cool, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good job. Cool, You're man. Killing. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, thanks for just killing it. <laughs> All lives Never matter, my dudes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I th I think you're right to think even though ReZero is much classier about how it goes about it, right. it's not as overtly offensive. I think you are right to think that the underlying dynamic of mm -hmm. there is a boy at the center of this universe and we want to make him seem very cool um i think that's i think it's that's an accurate assessment yeah um yeah luckily that's what i'm here for um, <laughs> okay john what if, what if the show was about a girl that they want to make really cool and she punches stuff a lot <laughs> and, and things there's, there are. I thought a lot about Sinfogero watching Sao, and there's just sort of some fundamental differences in how they approach like action and structure. That mm -hmm. I think that's why Sinfogero. I think we joked that I would like Sinfogero if it was out about a boy, and I don't think that's accurate. I think that 
it's a lot of other stuff about simple gear that kind of doesn't feed the same impulses um and i'm kind of talking about it in like that sort of base yeah. uh almost like indulgent almost pornographic way because i think those that's how all these shows operate i mean i they think that feeding... that's the implication like there might they might not be out and out pornographic but that's the implication that's the dynamic I mean, they're I going that, for i think sal is out and out pornographic mm. i think the way it <laughs> yeah. builds to i think the way it builds to its scenes so consistently right right I, I i got past i got to a certain point where i was like okay so this is essentially serving as like softcore rape porn like the way it's sl slow burn softcore rape porn and it airs on toonami and it's aimed at teens so what that's really not cool i okay there's a scene you know which one i'm talking about they have to censor that on american tv don't they i hope so <laughs> real bad is it the sexual assault scene it's the that's season not, two premiere okay yeah yeah Okay. There was one in particular that went, apparently, according to John, significantly further than everything else. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember now. Yeah. yeah it is pornographic. Like, that's, that is okay. how the, it's the show, like, but the show is still, like, trying to seem like nice guy. It's still trying to be like, oh, but Kirito and Yuji are nice, and these are only, only the bad people would ever do these things, but we're really gonna enjoy it in the meantime. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it is very fundamentally icky while also being very disingenuous mm. about that ickiness. Mm. So I think that's the that's sort of the big. That's kind of where the pushback comes from, yeah. Yeah, because no, because like generally, like we talked about rants last. last oh yeah, podcast. yeah, like <laughs> generally, generally people aren't too morally outraged about the existence of rants because it's like, well, yeah, that makes sense that people want to make that yeah like it, that it's, it's wearing it on its sleeve it's not trying like the th like i respect rants more than i do sao because, absolutely because i, I think, think rants is wearing what it is on its sleeve and sao wants to pretend it's some real fucking high goddamn quality fiction and it's not <laughs> and the people that yeah, defend absolutely. it in the ways that they do without looking at this context it, like like anime fans are insufferable good god mm -hmm. oh yeah Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um. Now, an additional thing, though. So after they beat the church, the second half of the season is about them. All right, so we destroy the system, but now there's going to be this big underworld war. Oh. And for like ten episodes, I actually started checking out because, um, I'm just gonna spoil this because y'all don't need to watch this because Yujo fucking dies at the end of the first season, Aww. and it's really sad. Because I loved him, he was my favorite mm -hmm. favorite boy. Um, and they don't they don't walk that back either. He stays dead. Well, he's not Carito. Wow. You can't walk it back, John. Come on. <laughs> well, it's just like because with the mothers Rosario, they introduce a character just for them to have a tragic death. Yeah. five episodes later, and that's weak. Yeah, but introducing a character at the start of the show, making them the emotional core of the show, making their growth the emotional core, and then they die at the very end. That's and then they they keep that. That's actually you can have impact with that. Oh, storytelling. That's good. Okay, you work. You did. Give me that. Good job. Pat Give me that. Ohara. Um, but Kirito also at the end of that show is 
there's a power surge in real life because now terrorists are attacking the facility in real life. So there's this whole additional <laughs> layer of action, which is the oh best reason to have a VR world. Um, and there's a power surge and it fries his brain. And he is in a coma, both in real life and in the <laughs> VR world. And he stays in a coma in the VR world for like 18 episodes. He's out of the picture. An entire season. Almost, yeah, over... It's all hard of to talk season about one. seasons and arcs. Yeah. Um, all of season one of season four? Yeah. She's <laughs> out. Go ahead, Polly. No, I'm, I'm just agreeing with you. Okay. So the thing that I checked out on is that he's trying to be sort of political. Oh, uh, no. He's trying to do like a political war story with a bunch of characters. No, you can't do this. You don't have the chops for this. <laughs> no. And Yuji is gone and Kirito has gone and none of the characters from the first shows are gone. And it's just Alice who's better than oh. John, but still kind of boring. Yeah, you've gotten rid of your entire main cast at this point, it sounds like. So now it's, it is like 10 episodes of just the background characters taking the main stage and having politics. And it reminded me a lot of Sweet Coden, actually. Oh. <laughs> but, 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 Ray of Light, Asuna descends from the sky. She She's dived into the virtual world. And then after that, it is about like... 15 or 16 straight episodes of non-stop finale callback fan service. Oh, just like bullshit. everything you want. It is everything. They, they have like every single character from the first three seasons just like show oh, well now they're diving in and now they're in the real world because the people, all your all Kirito's friends from the real world show up to save the underworld. Right. And it's just like one time, oh, Asuna's here. Oh, Shion's here. Oh, they all have cool new designs. They all fight the villains who are actually scary and intimidating you know they're you know they're scary because the main villain of the whole sh of the whole second season does a violence against women and then while doing violence against women flashes back to his childhood the first time he did violence against women and both are represented graphically oh so good. that's how you know he's really evil man <laughs> got multiple nesting inception layers of gross yeah um and but that's part that was another part of like the sweet code and thing i was like oh okay so this is how you're gonna sort of sort of doing the um the luca luca thing yeah the like, luca blight uh, thing cool. cool 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 so this is how you know how to make people evil <laughs> that's, the, that's the other thing with uh, that's the other thing with the first half of alicization is that the main villain is a hot lady oh and every other preceding villain in sal is a slimy dude yeah like a like that is the that was the only villain he knew how to write, and then it's like, oh, this is this is nice, like a really domineering mean pope lady. Yeah, it's pretty. It's she's very good. Um, so the last sixteen episodes is just nonstop, like big dumb catharsis. Mm. It's like sixteen straight episodes of like Avengers Endgame. Oh Jesus. Uh, but with Sword Art Online characters. Dropping so through portals. More. What do you say, Rhett? Jumping Dropping through portals. Dropping portals, yeah. like Xenon does, apparently. <laughs> yep. Um, they have, there's like two characters I didn't recognize, and I was like, I Googled them, and like, oh, they're from the movie that I didn't watch. <laughs> yeah, so, you haven't, you're not 100% on Sword Art Online. You did skip a movie. I did skip a movie. I need to go back and watch that. Um, I'm going to save that, though. I can't just 
burn through all of it. No, you got to have something for a rainy day. My time of of greatest need. (laughs) That's his. That's his. In case of emergency, break glass moments. Um, and then finally, like, so that all of the girlfriends from past seasons show up and they have like eight episodes of fighting the big bads and all having like their big, cool moments. And then finally, and then the big bads keep like having new layers to their plan. Like, actually we are, we're still ahead. Uh, we, they summon, <laughs> they, they post an ad in, on an American server saying, um, Hey, here's a cool new online game where you can kill people. And there's actually like blood and guts and stuff. And they get thirty thousand Americans to log in and just start killing people. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know that they're real souls that they're murdering. So, they're, so that's like a oh. big like the army just doubled. Um, so everybody has these big, and then like finally agonizingly making it, pulling it out as long as possible, and then Kirito wakes up, and they actually justify how it happens too. Um. It, he needs the soul. He needs um, to be connected to the souls of um, Asuna, Shinan, and Lifa. So his girl, his wife, his girlfriend, and his sister. Um, <laughs> and but then it's not enough. And then the soul of Yujiro appears for just a moment, wakes him up. Oh my god! Very nice. Oh my god! Um, Asuna's dead. Dead from AIDS. Girlfriend appears because <laughs> the image of her image of her is still in her heart. Um, it's very sweet. And then Kirito just fights for like four episodes and then there's like three episodes of epilogue setting up the next arc. It's very silly. It's very dumb. It was a nice reward for having sat through a fucking hundred episodes. Oh my God. Show. (laughs) <laughs> so do not recommend <laughs> unless your name is john thire unless your name is john thire then you might be you might this might be for you um yeah. it kept it kept me engaged because it kept being bad in such varied ways <laughs> except for the ways in which it was bad all the time oh right right right, right um but like every every season was just a new like what the fuck? What, Whoa, what, what? what are you doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. Until he finally gets his act together and tries as hard as he can, and it's still pretty shitty. <laughs> but you're like, but you appreciate it because of the contrast with everything that came before, and you're like, oh, you really cared. You got a, cared you had a, you had a moment where you maybe were competent and believed in something you were doing. He re- I think that's true of all of Alicization. I think that it I think that it represents the best Kawahara, Kawahara is capable of. Mm-hmm. I think it's shitty that the first they did not I think it's what the show should have been from the start. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that all of the faults that are present in the best that Kawahara is capable of is more than enough reason to never check out the show. Woo! Does that Woo! make sense? John digs through the uh, shit so we don't have to. <laughs> yep, I will absolutely be first in line um, when the unite when they finally start adapting the final arc, which is not finished yet in the light novels. No, because that's the that's the only one that was not 
adapted from the original web fiction. He is in new Uncharted territory now. Mm -hmm. So this... all of this was published from 2002 to 2008. Yeah. So this yeah, arc, though, the Alexization, like the climax you just saw, was you? the original end of the web arc? It was the original end of the web fiction, yeah. Okay. It definitely sounded like Which it was. Which is what it feels like. It feels... Yeah. It feels like a series finale, the way it just brings back fucking yeah. everything. Everyone's here. And and their ghosts are here. They they have the dead girlfriend <laughs> of AIDS show up of like course. four different times. Of and like, course! Like, hogging Asuna from behind, and then again during the fight. And then they have Yu-Gi-Oh! show up like five different times for like the big dumb cathartic moment. The Kirito's final attack is powered by the friendship by all of the friends. They send their spirit energy across the planet into his sword, and he just can fly. Jesus! During the finale, Christ. the villain, the main villain, takes on a new super form that looks like the villain from the end of Gurren Lagann. Um, it's so big and stupid. <laughs> oh, pump it into his veins. Just put it in my veins. Um, so I should I should probably watch XV Red. <laughs> I'm sorry to I'm sorry to draw a comparison, but my brain multiple times was like, oh my god, is this is Simple Gear XV this good? <laughs> <laughs> where it's just like where it's just like drawing all of the threads from this story that was absolutely made up as they went along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, all right, we're gonna pretend we were had a plan and we're gonna make it feel really cool. Right. Gushing over. Gushing over. Sort of gushing. Go. Problematic. Weird. That's Weird what I call Rhett. I call Rhett the sort of gushing. <laughs> <laughs> Two years worth of gushing. <laughs> <laughs> Blowing into the podcast. That, that's the description. I watched it. Um, go ahead, Rhett. <laughs> Well, just something like two years of John gushing flowed endlessly onto the podcast. <laughs> that's just that's the entire description. <laughs> um, so I hope I don't. It doesn't sound like I was um, making light of old. No, not at, not at all. Not at all. Good, because it's really shitty. Right, right. I get you. Um, and I drive. And I drive. I I did this during the second season. I drive some humor from the ways that it continuously one-ups itself in how it, gross it is. Yeah, and just, like, it's reveling in its own shittiness in a way that's just like, holy mm -hmm. crap, mm -hmm. you are aware, aren't you? Well, apparently that one really oh. bad scene at the start of Season 2, or, like, you know, Underworld Season 2, like, the latest one, right. was specifically, like, made mm -hmm. for the anime. It was, like, a much more... You would think I, the author has yeah. veto power! I think... I don't know if he has veto power um, or if he approved it, but it's just it's something that's just baked into the DNA of the series. Right. Where like, like the Simple Gear seasons episode one always goes like really bonkers with the action. We're like, okay, this time she's gonna punch a mountain. Yeah. This time she's gonna do a contra. For Sword Art Online, the season premiere was we're gonna go further than ever with the rape scene. Um, there are other scenes in that season and in the other seasons that were definitely from the original story that were also very gross. So I don't, okay. I don't think that. I definitely don't think the narrative should be that he got better. No, and then the, okay. but the anime kept tearing him back down. No, I, mean, I, I, because it's the same. Yeah, 
the same literally but the same character like five episodes later just like extremely graphic violence for no reason um it's just yeah for some reason it being Go a ahead. season premiere like the episode one is always what puts me over where it's like they played it up as a season premiere like get get people in here yeah thing <laughs> so yeah i can see the author entirely endorsing it yeah because in the original web novel, like that chapter probably wasn't anything like a groundbreaking yeah. moment. He was he was he was impressed with the they're... level of rape that he got to see. <laughs> he was just like, "Wow, you guys! That sounds like I found the people to work with." They were just like, "We haven't had tentacles since Art Two. We need to go back to that well, right? Obviously." <laughs> um. So yeah, it's that, and I think, and I think a little bit of like, there's a little bit of humor from just like watching that escalation as well yeah um but i yeah i hope that i got you it's straightforward about it yeah absolutely yeah that's that is my that is my sour journey barring the movie oh boy barring the video games Mm -hmm. which you just just bought There's actually there's a lot of Sword Art Online video games. He bought two of them. He bought what? You bought Fatal Bullet and Alicization. No, I, um, Jetstorm bought Alicization. Oh, okay. Either way, I, I watched uh, After Five play Fatal I Bullet, bought... and it was just like, okay, this is a very boring third-person shooter. Like that was yeah. the one I was considering because I do like the GGO arc mm-hmm. or like the GGO mm-hmm. alternative arc. But then, like, the reviews of the game were just like, yeah, it's a grindy third-person yep. shooter. That it's just a grindy, right looty... So I was like, okay, fuck this. Yeah. So y'all are, y'all are just sitting here saying, oh, this Sword Art Online thing is bad, so I'm not going to engage with it. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> that would be nice if that was enough reason to not engage with the sort with the sound thing. You think I don't know, I'm that's like, enough for John Fire? <laughs> I, I might just... I, I'm definitely not up for right now right um, then, but right. i but i didn't buy two because i wanted to sit down and immediately buy two i bought the one because it was fatal bullet and i wanted to, that one and the other one was five dollars it was the first one yeah so i was like hollow realization or something hollow fragment yeah um i'm um, hollow ataraxia um wait that's me, that's isn't it? that's i know else. <laughs> 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 so Barring the barring the ancillary media and future arcs, the Sao journey is complete. Y'all are the movie and the movie. That's what, yeah. The games, the, the ancillary media, and the and the movie wasn't based on a light novel, so I was kind of like, because oh. there's one three episode arc tucked in the middle of season two that wasn't based on a light novel, and it's the most like bland. We play through a video game level and fight a oh, boss. Oh God. Okay, but and they it's do... like okay. Regular sow yeah. is bad, but it's like interesting bad. This is this is the nightmare world of what if sow was just exactly what it said on the tin. Uh, like, like yeah, like rot more than that. I can't do boring. If you can be bad in a spectacular way, I can get through this. But if you are boring, I literally just can't. Yeah, and that okay. was sandwiched between the Sheenon arc and then the Aids arc. So I was right. like. It's like, okay, we have very defined kinds of bad here, and then just right in the middle is like, snooze, boring, blech, blech. Okay, a couple things. One, it sounds like those, like, there were Dragon Ball arcs that were done to stall the manga. Yeah. 
So it sounds mm. like those where it's just like written by committee, like here's what Dragon Ball is. They're like the movies. Also, another thing yeah, Paul exactly. said, bad in a spectacular way is actually what it says on the Simpho Gearbox. <laughs> oh my god, really? No. That's really Oh, I was confused for a second. I'm just saying, Polly's saying she can do bad in a spectacular way. I'm like, yeah, that's my jam. <laughs> <laughs> so that those are the... Yeah, we both have... I, I, It's not a guilt... It's, it is a guilty pleasure for me. I don't... The, Simple Gear is definitely not Simple a guilty pleasure. Simple Gear is not a guilty pleasure for Rhett. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's I think it's pretty clearly guilty pleasure based on how I exclusively talked about it on my private Twitter this time. <laughs> At length. At length. Um, that, I'm done. All Thank right. y'all for listening as always. <laughs> Lots of love. Right. Polly. Uh, Yo. Polly. Hey. So I came to the end of a journey myself. Now. Sure, now yes. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was gonna, I was gonna say. So Red Watch Three Zero. I watched Sword Art Online. Did you have any kind of um, long-running fantasy harem <laughs> show about a cool boy? <laughs> I might have finished a long-running piece of media <laughs> about a cool boy with a heart. Oh, Keichi from Higurashi. <laughs> God damn. It's just that that's, that's the energy that permeates the rest of this whole episode, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, I've I've, I've finished. Uh, I've 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 come to the conclusion of Trails of Cold Steel Four. We did it, everybody! Oh my god, we made it! It took like forty Fuck days. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I was plugging at this it one. Like a very large game. It's pretty long. It's pretty big. It was way bigger than I thought it would be. I still think it's not as big as Cold Steel 2. Cold Steel 2 is just like, Jesus, why? Uh, It's still ending. Cold Steel 2 sounds skippable. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Who needs it? I think if this one took her like 120 hours, Mm -hmm. that's a big boy. It's It's a big old boy. Yeah, this one, this one took me 100 hours on the dot. Oh my God. Holy moly. But I chose to engage with literally everything I could, and I still Ooh. missed the top rank by one fucking point. <laughs> and it turns out, and it turns out, the irony of all ironies was there is a quest in the final area where you can do side quests that's a card game. And I'm like, fuck <laughs> you, I hate card games. I'm going to do the quest, and then it'll let you, even if you lose the game, it'll let you proceed as if you won. So I was like, okay, cool, I did the quest. Turns out you get two bonus AP if you win the game. <laughs> if you actually play and win the game. So I fucking... <laughs> God damn it. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I only just finished this game like late Thursday night, Friday morning. And there's like, there's honestly just a ridiculous amount of material to unpack that I'm still trying to unpack at the end of, of this very big video game. Like, um, uh, and, and, and I said that, uh, during my discussion of cold steel three, that, uh, that cold steel three was a game that wrote an absurd amount of checks that this game would have to be able to cash. And I'm happy to report that I think for the most part, it's done exactly that against all odds. Ooh. I was, I was not sure coming into Cold Steel 4 if 
like all of the stuff that they threw at you in Cold Steel Three would kind of get you know answers and names and faces put to them, but they they fucking mm-hmm. did it, and I was you know what fucking brilliant. So uh, rather than like trying to talk about all that though, I think maybe what I'll do is I'll kind of just go through some points that I like and dislike about this game and sort of the series overall to kind of give the better picture here. Uh, because again, this is a game where narratively you hit the ground running. Um, you, you start this game off in places you've never been that you've probably wondered about talking to characters that, uh, you know, you want to talk about Sword Art Online bringing literally everybody back. <laughs> this is the game with literally fucking everybody, and they are just... It's not... This is a... Like, if, if, if a game ever felt like a series finale, this one feels like it. Jesus Christ. Holy shit. Like, you get... Like, this is a game with so many fucking characters ridiculous. I think, like, the final character select screen has, like, 39 characters or something. It's ridiculous. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Like, your eyes don't even gloss over at that point when you get there. It's just they pop the screen up and there's, like, 39 characters and you just sit there and laugh for a couple minutes because it's so stupid. And you've got four spots in your party. Maybe three if you have to use... There you go. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I think, like, I'll start with, like, the, the one that came up last time. Uh, the point that came up last time and that uh, I don't think my opinion is going to change on is the fact that I think I'm kind of burnt out on the battle system at this point. Oh, for sure. Um, this is breaking in, in a row or something. Yeah, like breaking in orders were added in Cold Steel 3 to try and give this one a bit more of a shine. But ultimately, I think that they probably need to build something from the ground up at this point. This system has served like 10 games, counting Hajimari at this point. Um, and I just can't see me being all that enthused, um, going forward with it anymore. Like I spent most of the back half of this game, just like avoiding most normal encounters, um, that didn't give decent EXP and I only fought dangerous monsters in dungeons. So, uh, and when I got to the final dungeon, I was even skipping dangerous monsters because it was just like, I, I'm, I don't feel the need to, I feel that. The, the, the boss battles that I'm fighting are, are metered out in such a way that numbers don't matter at this point because the numbers are so big. Me getting like 100 extra hit points and 12 ATP, not going to matter that much in the end. So I ended up skipping a lot of combat at the end of the game, which is fine. Uh, and there are still great bosses. Don't get me wrong. Like this game's entire back half is full of nothing but fantastic bosses, both... Yeah, even if they might not awesome. have been fulfilling from uh, a mechanical standpoint, because I had kind of found a way to break the game as I have continued to break the entire Cold Steel series <laughs> um, pretty early, and they let you get to that point pretty early. Um, just build some evasion tanks, people. Build evasion tanks and cast Shining in every battle and if you want a much easier time. Um, but But, like... Uh, like the the boss battles themselves are just great, like these great set piece moments or battles that are as big and, and crazy and over the top as they would need to be. Like that, like uh, there's a battle in Trails Third against a certain character who fights you alone, and he earns being able to be badass enough to do that. Um, and there's a lot of moments mm-hmm. like that in. 
Cold Steel 4 where they give you these big moments where it's just like, okay, I can believe that guy would literally be able to take on three parties at once. Holy shit, this is nuts. <laughs> Uh, but but normal dungeoning was just kind of a slog, and I, I need something else to be engaged. Or like if I'm if I'm gonna play Hajimari, like I'm just gonna put normal fights on very easy and blitz through them, and then pump the game back back up to hard for boss fights. Like I think that's just how I handle this series going forward. If we're gonna keep doing this battle system, um, but I think that they've said moving to moving to Calvard that they want to try and implement some real time stuff into their system. Uh, and given the fact that this is from the people that make Tokyo Xanadu and East, I kind of have a lot of confidence in their ability to be able to make that work. So if that's something they want to kind of start working into their trail system, yeah, that's good for me. Another Pardon? Could you imagine a series Go that ahead. went for like seven games as a beat 'em up and then just became a turn-based thing? That'd, That'd be wild. Fucking wild, right? So imagine if this just went for ten games as a turn-based thing, and just and then, Calvary is like, "Oh, it's a beat 'em up now." You play Sin. Yeah, that, you know what? I'm here for it. I've, I've had I've had enough of this turn-based system. I think that it is still a great battle system. It's still fantastic. It's, it's so many games, though. Yeah, it's ten the, like, games. Yeah, and the fact that the last couple are all like these hundred-hour epics yeah. is like. That's enough. Yeah, like you, you need yeah. to move forward, and, and it sounds like they are in agreement, which is why they kind of want. It sounds like they really want to take a lot of time on the next actual official Trails game after Hajimari. So, hopefully that hopefully they address that. Hopefully, like, and if they do come back with another turn-based battle system, I hope that it's markedly different than this one. Mm-hmm. Um, my 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 other point that. It kind of stretches throughout this whole series um, is like the the romance slash wish fulfillment stuff just falls flat for me. Uh, so Reen as a character, it's just like Reen is a good character. I don't want I don't want this to reflect on that character at all because Reen is a very well written protagonist and someone who's got a lot of weight on their shoulders uh, and manages to handle it and confront everything that's thrown at him very well. Um, but uh, it's something that started like 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 the romance stuff started uh, sort of in the Crossbell games, uh, but yeah. it felt different mm-hmm. there because that's a super tiny cast and there weren't a lot of options. Um, but it, it, in Cold Steel, it's literally everyone in the Empire and, and even people outside of it are falling <laughs> over themselves to slobbering Schwarzer's knob. <laughs> 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 and it just felt embarrassed. Like, it literally started to embarrass me by the end. Like, when I would get to everybody's final bonding events, like, when you're, like, like everybody's, you know, like, like, you get ready to go into the big bad, but we have another round of bonding events that we can have with people, you know, pep your team members up. Like, let's get ready. We're going to go take down the big bad. And it's literally every bonding scene with any female near the end of the game is just them confessing their love to him and him needing time to think about it until the plot appropriate point. And it just feels silly to me. It, it's just like, what bothers me about it, I think, is you have this huge cast of characters. Uh, you have this huge cast of students. Who, all of these characters who are growing together in this environment and, and, and having gone through these big events and having to pull together in really hard emotional emotional ways. And you're telling me that this cast of gorgeous guys and girls 
going through three or more years of turmoil together, you're going to tell me nobody finds comfort in anyone else's arms and they only love Reen? You're telling me that, like, within this large cast of characters, there aren't other couples that are believable? And it just kind of, it just, it shocked me because you do find that in Trails in the Sky. And, like, yeah. there are obvious pairings that are kind of like, you see a little something there. Uh, you don't get that with uh, Cold Steel because they need to make sure that every girl has a hardcore boner for Reen. And that just bugs me. Um, like it, it deflates the relationships a lot. Uh, it feels super hokey. It, it doesn't make, like I said, it doesn't make Reen a, a bad character, but I wish they would have picked and written some good layered relationships with this big cast of characters who were all really good and memorable and would all, like, there are so many suitable pairings here. Um... And, and, and but just like everybody being in love with Reen just drives me fucking nuts, and I just, I didn't buy any of it. It made me just dislike any and all of the romance at all. So yeah, like that's, that's rough because that's the romance in Trails in the Sky, the second chapter, is like a huge part of it. Yeah, like it's when the it's big well. beating heart yeah. of why. It's the big beating heart of why Trails in the Sky works. It's like, there's so much love and like, you know, like going to the literal ends of the earth for the person you love. And you don't really get that in this, like at all. Like none of the bonding events really come close because they can't write it like that. Because it has to, it has to be like Persona where it's this separate, it's a separate compartmentalized thing where... It exists in this reality, but not necessarily the main... Because, like, they clearly wanted to make Elisa the main girl. They clearly wanted to because she is there front and center for Reen in so many pivotal moments of the story. But, like, they just don't stick... They don't stick to it or commit to it in any way because, man, that'll make the player mad if I take away their choice. Ugh, that's it's just, the worst. The, the romance stuff really feels... Um, it, it feels disingenuous to me. Like, it just feels like they had to do it that way because that's what Persona did. Yeah, it's not, it, this is also taking takes place in a school, right? Yeah. Like, did it do a calendar system? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Yeah, it's got a calendar system. So it sounds like they pulled a lot of... It sounds like they pulled <laughs> a lot of lessons from Persona, including some maybe very bad ones. Yeah. Because Persona Romance is not romantic. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's, it's, it's it, it's the similar like I, I just I just feel nothing from the bonding events in Cold Steel unfortunately like uh, unless they are like things that actually advance a, a character like noticing something about themselves and carrying that forward like there are a lot of moments where you do have little moments where a character will like give it give be given a chance of inner reflection and it's not in some romantic context it's more of just like how can I grow as a person um and that fits in line with Reen's character because his big thing is trying to drive others to be a better, a be a better, ber- a be a better version of yourself. Um, and those moments work, mm-hmm. but like all the romance stuff is just so bad, so so bad. Would you call that a mistake? Yeah, it's a mistake. <laughs> I would call it a mistake, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> just bring that joke full circle. <laughs> So Cold Steel is not a mistake, but it has mistakes. It has mistakes. Oh, this is a series that absolutely has mistakes in it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to call this... uh, um, 
Uh, but moving on, uh, so they do a great job of expanding uh, and explaining mm -hmm. the lore of everything going on in the Empire, as well as expanding on sort of the scope of exactly what's going on in the entirety of Zemiria. Uh, and that stuff is juicy, Jesus Christ. Because it, it's not, it's not just, it's not just centralized to uh, the things that are going on in the Empire, which are like one of the big parts of things that are going on, but there's some big shit going on involving this whole continent and a bunch of shit that we learn about this time around that's left me shitting my pants at 10 p.m. Thursday night. Like, what is going on? It's lore that just helps... Um, adequately explain like a bunch of mysterious happenings as far back as the sky games that like may have been, like and if you've thought about the world at all and, and the way things have sort of transpired or the way that the world is talked about if you've ever asked those questions this game starts dropping little bitty answers uh and the effective scope of all those explanations and answers is just super dizzying <laughs> Like I said, I'm still unpacking this fucking game three days later. Uh, and that's just, like, the lore stuff. Like, that's not counting the big emotional climax that this game has that is... That just left me a puddle in the middle of my floor for fucking five hours. Uh, in a good way. This game's got a great ending that it's just... it's It pulls all the right heartstrings, and it's spent four games being allowed to do that in its final moments, I think. Um, but like they're either writing this game's lore or this, this entire world's lore by the seat of their pants on a level that is unheard of, or they have had this planned out for a long while, but either way, this stuff is just, it's fascinating and honestly shocking at how well they're starting to make the bigger picture make sense on top of being able to give you these big individual uh, character catharsis. Um, so, like, all of that shit's good. Uh, so, I, I, uh, that we were, rules. We were also talking about characters. So, so how about characters? Do you know... Do you know what game series has a lot of characters? <laughs> 39 playable? The Trails series has a lot of characters. This is especially uh, true of the Cold Steel games, where I'd say... These four games alone probably expand the size of the entire series by like 60 to 70 percent. Uh, um, and uh, despite that, though, like a large portion of like the Sky and Crossbell characters appear in just this game alone. And like everybody still somehow manages to get their time to shine on the stage. I don't know how they did it, but I think that like like. Even when you've got a cast this big, like, some people are obviously not... They're going to be less important than others. Like, that's just a given. But everybody is given, like, a moment in, this in like, the biggest spotlight that the series uh, has ever had. Um, and, and it feels real good. But I think the thing that remains most impressive to me, um, and, and the thing that sticks with me the most, is the way with which the Cold Steel games, in particular, kind of handle their side characters... Uh, and, and they're mostly like Thor students, because like in Cold Steel one and two, you get acquainted with one set of, you get one class seven and like all the people they go to school with, and then in Cold Steel three and four, you've got an entirely new class seven, and an entirely new like branch and main campus students 
to to get acquainted with. Um, and that's a shitload of fucking characters when you start fleshing them all out. Um, and, 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 and there's so many rewarding moments, uh, especially in three and four, where you actually run into all of these former students at one point or another. Um, <clears throat> whether it be like the first, like people who were originally helping the original class seven or like characters that are uh, like scattered about in the empire now due to the events that are currently going on in the empire that are from the current uh, era of Thor's students. And it just kind of continued flooring me, like, how nice it was to catch these side characters that I didn't know had kind of wormed their way into my brain from having done all these side quests. Like, because you start growing, you grow, you start growing intimate with these NPCs. Um, And I think that it really starts to emphasize a mentality of you don't need to be a main character to make a difference. Uh, because all of these characters are helping out in their own special way. Like, they don't need to be on the main stage to be helping, like, pave the way to the future. Um, and that was always really, really touching to, like, for, for the branch campus students and, like, the main campus students and both generations being there in the final moments uh, when you are infiltrating the final dungeon, for them to be there helping you lead that charge to, you know, to be the wings that you need to get there. It's a really, really, really cool mentality, I think, that this series has always kind of had. That uh, It's something that they kind of just keep impressing upon. Um, and I really like that a lot. Uh, being able to kind of make that those secondary cast members not just be oh you were an npc i talked to and i don't remember your name where it's like no i i know i have favorite coast like i have favorite students that i liked hanging out with and talking to every time i got to go run around and talk to npcs like it made me care about that stuff in a way that i didn't know that i could mostly because i don't think that it like npcs don't get written like this very often yeah Mm -hmm. Like, there's just a lot of meat on the bone there. If like, it's not, if it's, go ahead. If it's if they're going to put effort into it, then they want to insist on it. Is generally how these games work. The RPGs work. Yeah. If they're going to if they want you to care about them, then they're going to put them right in front of your face and say, "Hey, care about this person." Yeah. And Trails doesn't really do that. It it lets it it gives love. It pours love into the whole world. Yeah. And then lets you pull whatever you can't whatever. You, as much as you're willing to dig out of it. Yeah. Like, and I just, I wholeheartedly like recommend diving into that full experience when playing cold steel. Like, I think that like, Mm -hmm. yeah, the side quest content may not be the most exciting, but I think that like, it sets you up for these brilliant moments later where you run into somebody like in the middle of a mission. And then they're the ones that like had, that did did a little something off to the side that helped pull your ass out of the fire. And you didn't realize it in the moment. And then you run into them later and it's just like, Oh shit, it was you. Like there are so many moments like that if you choose to engage with the side quests and stuff. And I think that 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 is why you absolutely have to engage on that level, especially with Cold Steel. Mm -hmm. And that's, and of course, like the main characters, like, like, like I said, like there are two class sevens, like they introduced you to this one class seven in the first two games. And you're like, man, I love these characters a whole bunch. And then you go to three and it's like, here's a new class seven. And you're like, my brain was just like, I don't know how that's going to work. Like, 
how do you take that original cast and like they obviously need to move on for the story to continue um you know and most of the time you think well i want to move on with them i want to do what they're doing but no like we are introduced to a whole new dynamic uh and different characters in those main character roles and one of them becomes the best character in the series like i think that she i think that yuna single-handedly actually <laughs> yuna usurps reen's role as a main character i think oh my god wow she is such she's such a strong force and she has such strong growth over just the two games that she's in and she finds it's... a way to step into a leadership role and be her own person that is so like it's like you can do this too like it's like you can go from being where yuna probably started to taking this kind of control in your own destiny as well. Uh, it's a really uplifting and powerful story. And she just like, and her personality is just so like, there's a lot of Estelle bright in there, but it's more brash and it's more loud and, and, and it's more confrontational. Um, and it's a good mix. Like she's such an amazing character. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I want, I want, I want more Yuna going forward in this series. Do not forget about her. Aww. She's so is she, good. Is she the one that uses Tomp? Yes. Yeah. yeah. She uses the Tompa guns. Yeah. 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 She's, she's Tompa a big Lloyd fanboy. Pardon? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Estelle. She's not a mix of the main characters. This is the best roboting I've ever heard. Yeah, I heard it too. Don't give it a moment. We'll get you. Don't worry. I, we'll we'll wait a couple seconds for the roboting to go. It was it was incredible. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that out and use it as voice modulation for character dialogue in a video game. <laughs> okay, try it again, Rhett. I give up. No, you're good. Go. I don't know what happened. Yeah, we can hear you. Just Tom make... for guns. You said Tom for guns. Yeah, she uses Tom for guns. That sounds very funny. Yeah, she's. she's... I, don't know, I didn't expect the gun in there. Yeah, she's got like her Tompas. Tom she's got Tompas, but they got guns in them too. It's real good, and she can switch. Okay. And she can switch between ranged and melee uh, in combat too. You just, like you click a button, and she's like ranged nice. mode or striker mode. It's great. There are literally only two characters in the entire series that can do that, and she's one of them. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I guess to, 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 to kind of wrap it up, because I'm kind of monologuing here, because these two have not played yeah. Cold Steel yet. Um, I'm very excited. Yeah, I think we have a lot of going topics to get for this yeah. of Trails on the Sky. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah. like, despite my criticisms, Cold Steel 4 pretty much gave me everything I wanted. In a sequel, uh, in a continuation of this big, overarching series, like, I think that... Yes, the Erebonia arc is absolutely worth experiencing. It's not a fucking waste of time. RPG site.net or whatever you're fucking like. God, literally the stupidest review I've ever read. And I'm not even saying that it, it just it, to, to, to like fangirl about the game. I'm saying that like if you played these yeah. games for this long and your final fucking uh, conclusion is Trails of Cold Steel was a mistake. Shut up. You don't fucking like video games. <laughs> you don't want to engage <laughs> with anything. Um, but Just like, watching, like, you and if you play this, like, your reactions mm -hmm. to finish chapters, being every time it's like, oh, just, you know, or whatever. Right. I need a few days off. Like, this game seems like massively delivers on oh, yeah. 
stuff. Yeah, there were multiple times where I would hit the end of a chapter and I was like, I can't. I, I need a moment because there are so many. Like, there's so many emotionally heavy moments in this game. It goes... It goes full force every, in everything that you think it's going to, um, and it, it's it's a lot, uh, and the and the and the ending is just it it leaves you it leaves you with a lot of feelings that it's so good it's so so good, uh, but like it's it's so long it feels like it's a trilogy, yeah, <laughs> it really does. Uh, but 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 yeah, like this game gave me everything I wanted, like as 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 a sequel as a continuation of the series and as the conclusion for this big saga of four games, like they leave us on a note where there's just enough uncertainty for you to be like, Oh man, there's, 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 there's some juicy bits here. Uh, but you feel like you've reached the end of a very satisfying, um, fulfilling saga. saga and like, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I personally got some, some very strong, um, I got some strong things out of this game that I probably needed to, uh, I won't no. go into that too much right now okay. because we are, we are at three hours and we'll, we'll save it. Like, and guess what? I'll probably be talking about cold steel four again <laughs> in a week. <laughs> the games you brought for this episode, the one right before game of the year. Yeah. Right. Cold steel four and Higurashi. Mm. <laughs> I brought, really I brought a winding them up right before <laughs> end of the year. I brought a couple bombshells with me today, right? I mean, Christ, you, you barely finished Higurashi before in time. Yeah. <laughs> I think these also just both speak really strongly to, like, the power of a long-form journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you are, you have a bunch of characters in one world, and you build and build and build and build and build and build in that world by telling just story after story about all these different characters. Yeah. Um. I think that's something I like as a creator. Certainly, I it's easy for me to kind of dismiss sometimes because I like smaller stuff. But when it and there's a lot of long form stuff like TV shows or games that um, don't deliver at all. That are just kind of they were they were made to be a product. Yeah, they yeah. were selling. We we have this game. We have this game series. We need to make one after the other. And we just need to keep getting them out and getting people buying them. And that's our job. Um, but then there are stories like this where mm-hmm. they do the work and keep es- not, not not just keep escalating, but keep like um, built just telling newer new stories within this that builds the larger arc, I guess. Yeah. And, and delivering with um, so much cool consistency. Yeah. I think I just think that's really really fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. Um it just just comparing both Higarashi and uh, and Trails back to back cuz they're both long form. They're both long. Stories. Yeah. With huge <laughs> cast. Don't drop the ball. Yeah. It's... 8 to 9 games each. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely worth the journey in both instances. So mm-hmm. much good shit. Yeah, like Trails is amazing, cool. y'all. Who turns out? How'd we know? Rhett's gonna be playing Owl next makes year. Kind of makes me. It kind of makes me wonder, like, where else can we get this high? Yeah, because <laughs> it's like, are, are like, are like long fan, fantasy novel series? I don't know. I, 
Where, so, where else is it? Who's delivering with this kind of quality at this kind of level? Like, it's it's mm-hmm. it's why we have post-Trails depression, which is a real thing. Oh where God. where after you finish a Trails <laughs> game, I just I make a conscious effort, a conscious effort to not mm-hmm. play anything for like maybe a week after because I know that I'm like I'm still in that like I'm still unpacking this game. There, I can't emphasize how much the last like five hours of this game throws at you that is just mind blowing and that's not counting all of the bigger shit that's been happening for the other 100 hours it's just a lot there's no there's no there's no easy way to digest all of that So that's it. That's then, me. That's that's yeah. Trails of Cold Steel. You will no doubt be hearing about that game more <laughs> the next time we are together. Um, does anybody have anything else they'd like to talk about before we scoot on out of here? No. I could not feasibly I could not feasibly catch up on this series before God. Before God. <laughs> no. Even if, I played, even if I played constantly... Even if I played constantly without sleep until the the Gotti podcast, I would be able to maybe finish two Cold Steel, less than two Cold Steel games. Sean Chiplock did three Cold Steel games in three weeks. Oh, yeah, there are one hundred what fifty sixty eight hours in a week. He was he was a big stream boy. He was a big stream boy for like three whole weeks and dove right oh, into oh, Cold, and dove right into Cold Steel four on day one. Like, uh, man, God, it's just bonkers. But uh, I guess if that's it, then I guess the only thing I have to do is remind you uh, that, hey, guess what? Game of the Year's coming up. And if you haven't if you haven't learned by now, all we want you to do is pick three games. They don't have to have been released this year. Write a little bit about them. And send that off to podcast at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. If you want to do an audio version of it, same rules apply. We just need it by noon on December 13th so i guess that's gonna do it for all of the regular episodes of 2020 uh this is the last one we will probably be joining you live again on either january 3rd or the 10th uh i don't know when oh god that's so far away if it's the 10th yeah yeah it is but like like those are the next sundays that we have after kind of the holidays and stuff and um the, i'm getting home on the third so that, so, might, that might not work all right. out so we will catch you live again on January 10th. Uh, the the end of the year stuff will be running the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th. They will be alternating album album of the year, game of the year, album of the year, game of the year, uh, the same way that we've done for the last few years. So that's a lot. You played. You played. <laughs> like, hey, you should send us a list anyway, nerd. Remember, you can do that podcast at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. Three games. They don't have to be released this year. Yeah, right I mean, about it. That's, that's three games, Bert. There you go. There you go. You did it. You you, you just wrote your... You just wrote, you just finished the half of the Paradise work on your killer. list. That was it. I was, I was trying to think of... The, I thought Sunset Overdrive was the um, Killer 7 oh, God, no. inspired indie game. No, 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 no. no that's, 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 Paradise that's Paradise Killer. killer. That's Paradise Killer. Um... But anyway, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here. But before we do, John Thire, do you want to tell the fine folks where they can find you? Uh, podcast at pot. Um, uh, sorry. <laughs> Shit. 
Damn it! Wow, you're doing real great. Twitch.tv slash the X-Joystick. Farawaytimes.itch.io. And also, I found the um the puzzle script guy who has made who um the puzzle script person who made like a hundred puzzle script games, and it is now. I just put that in the. That's Rosden. 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 Rhett. And you can play my game at farawaytimes.itch.io. Rhett, what about you? Watch Simple Gear. It's not too late for it to be your anime of the year. <laughs> I mean, we're not doing that list, <laughs> but you can you can still you can still tell Rhett it's your anime Just of the year. Just watch Simple Gear anyways. Like Rhett will probably like he will probably prioritize your game of the year list if you just say that you like if you like that you liked Sinful Gear. Because Rhett takes care of this stuff, not mm-hmm. me. Gets people treatment. <laughs> I will count it as a game just for you. All right, hey, Polly. Uh, yeah. Before we co- before we close out, Polly. Yeah. Doritos 3D is coming back. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. That is reason enough <laughs> to live till at least January 18th. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's reasons to live to January 20th as well. Yeah, probably. I just, man. And February 3rd. February 3rd is going to be incredible <laughs> as well. A lot of good stuff coming up. Yep. But since this is our last live show of the year, thanks everybody for coming out and always making these amazing. We always appreciate you coming here and joining us, being stupid for three hours every other week. Uh, it's always amazing. Uh, and we'll be back to normal again on January 10th. And game of the year and album of the year stuff will be going up on the 22nd through the 25th. Thanks again, everybody. And remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you.